Hi there, uh, my name is Raphael Bennett, coming to you pre-recorded for Montreal on January 7th, 2017, and I'm joined here by my dear friend, Olivier Bouchard. Hello! Uh, for those of you who don't know, Olivier and I have been talking about our favorite games of the year since 2013, and we're going to do it again. Uh, now, normally we'd be coupled with our partners in crime, Andrew Kuto and Anna DeChico, but uh, 2017, yo, it's been a hectic year, and uh, we're doing this very impromptu. But yeah, we're going to talk about video games! Yeah, uh, basically the idea is that we want to do something uh, akin to Giant Bomb or a podcast like The Canon. We have a, a big list of 30 video games right now that we think are worth talking about, and we're going to go through it and uh, decide which one we want to keep uh, to argue for a top 10 we're going to do together, and uh, the next step will be arguing about the top 10 itself. So... Olivier put together this list, and I'm looking at this list, and I think that many of these games might be bad ones. Sure. And on that note, while I'm being negative about people's um, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, just to expand a bit on that giant bomb and cannon stuff, I think Olivier and I are very much on the same page that uh, maybe being mean to games and ruthless about them uh, inspires that passion. There's something about like having to hurt the things you love that makes you uh that f that finds your your deepest feelings on a video game and i think we think that's cool yeah it's just a great way to talk about video game and a fun way also we uh, a little bit gamified the pro the process uh okay so alphabetical yes you, olivier and, oh go ahead well we're we're gonna go through the list and just decide which one we're gonna keep for a potential top 10 basically is what we're going to do right now uh, we already removed some games, so like if your favorite game of the year is not talked about, uh, it's probably because we played it and kind of didn't like it. <laughs> so we're sorry, because we played every fucking game that came out this year. Um, we played a lot of games. I played. We played some video games. I, I don't think I ever played that much game, that many games in a year. A lot of very long video games. Yeah. Uh, I'm adding a game right now. Oh man! To it, I just forgot about it, and I think it's one of the maybe the ones that we want to talk about, even if it's not a great one. All right. I'm typing the words Mass Effect Andromeda onto this list. <laughs> I haven't played it though. That's fine. Okay. Uh, what are? Okay, so it's in alphabetical order, so we didn't do any ordering right now, so. Don't try to imply anything from the order from the list. I'm going to start at the beginning with Assassin's Creed Origin. Should we, Raph, do you think Assassin's Creed has a chance to be in the top 10? Should we argue about that? Goodness gracious, absolutely not. I, I do not think Man. it's one of the 10 best games of the year by a country mile. You finished uh, this game? Yeah, I finished that game. I played uh, 30 hours of it. I think it's probably the best Assassin's Creed they did in a while, which doesn't mean a lot because I think it, it's a series as a whole. I don't hold in much regard except like the three first game, probably. Um, wow, not even that for me. I, Assassin's Creed I, is my champion. Whatever. Yeah, it's not going to be on the top ten. I just think the world they did is amazing, but the way you interact with it is just like standard Ubisoft checkpoint fair. I... I, I just think that that game... I, I can't believe that in 2017 there are still games that, like a, like Grand Theft Auto or The Witcher or Assassin's Creed, where like your your actual control and like the momentum of the character is so 
Yeah. Just obnoxious. Like, like just, just make it control more like a Mario game because you yeah. created this, this beautiful world to explore and you're completely hindered by like this faux realism that serves very little purpose. And that loot system added on top of that, the combat's not great. The stealth is kind of okay. I just think like, you probably haven't found that, but like there's interesting stuff in that game. You can get lost in the desert and your character is going to start seeing things in the distance. And like that's cool event that happens in the open world, but the game itself is super bad at surfacing them because like it's go do next boring side quest. So yeah, Assassin's Creed is not going to get there. We can cut it. Yay. We- uh, I, t- I feel bad already. Holy <laughs> smokes. I forgot. I forgot how ruthless it is. Congratulations to the people who shipped Assassin's Creed Origins for shipping a video game. Yeah, a pretty interesting one. I hope um, I hope Assassin's Creed continues that way and does better with that. I might never play another Assassin's Creed game. Whatever. But I think it's pretty we, pretty. we always say we're going to stop buying all the games and then we buy them anyway, so whatever. You're right. What's the next one? Uh, Cuphead is, I absolutely think, is one of, uh, one of the games that we should talk about for consideration yeah. in, uh, in a top 10 of the year. We're going to argue about that one. So, Olivia, let me ask you, do we want to introduce all of these games? Or are we assuming a base level of knowledge from the listener? I think we're assuming a base level of knowledge, maybe. Or do you want to introduce Cuphead? Go for it. Sure, well, Cuphead is a a 2D... It sounds so reductive to describe it as a a 2D boss rush platformer, but it's... um, Maybe it's because it's what it is. Uh, it is a stunning visual achievement uh, in video games. Yeah, uh, that I agree. The production is, it's based on a 1920s cartoon in the vein of like a Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. Uh, the whole soundtrack fits the era in very jazzy fashion. And it's one of the most densely, one of the most dense video games visually of the year. Yeah, and a pretty okay platformer. I'll get to you. Okay, uh, next game on our list. So we keep Cuphead, for sure. Yes. Uh, next game on our list is uh, Destiny 2, which is more Destiny, which is a little bit more streamlined, and it's totally okay as a game to lose 50 hours, I guess, shooting aliens without thinking. But I don't think me and you care that much about those kind of games. I think Destiny 2 is um, a curse, and I think people struggle to <laughs> shake it. Uh, there are a lot of things I really like about Destiny 2. I think Destiny 2 is a fabulous podcast game, and if you're looking yeah. for a way to sort of turn off your brain and engage with something mindless, it is as well-controlling a first-person shooter as you can find in that vein. But I, I don't know anyone who is play- who has played that game and not walked away from it feeling like it was a big waste of life force. Yeah, and I agree with that. I played 40 hours of that game, uh, like my time a lot with it, but it was mindless and I'm not getting anything away from it. As you said, I think half of those hours were playing podcasts and maybe 10 of those were playing with you. And it was more about being with a friend than playing the actual game. So Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't fault I don't fault the game or the people who play it. I, I, I have a hard time putting my finger on it because I think it's great that there's a... No, it's... Games exist. It's just... It's, it's also very well made but like maybe it's worth saying that we're kind of um, uh, we, we won't be objective for sure but like we're kind of going at this in a way that we think like video game as an art something you can get something from I guess 
like a medium you can get something away from. So Destiny is not the kind of game we like to encourage, even if we play a lot of them. I think. I think. All the games in the vein of Destiny that have taken so much of my time, and I want it back. I could have an extra skill in exchange for the time I spent on Diablo and Destiny and whatever else. But yeah. Anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I understand. I, I really love those games. I just don't see them being important. I, there's going to be like it's going to be Anthem this year. I'm going to play 40 hours of Anthem if it comes out this year because it probably doesn't. Uh, but like I'm gonna forget about it as soon as I'm done. So I think we cut this. Thing. The, the second level is very pretty. Yeah. Uh, I know nothing about uh, Divinity: Original Sin two. So Divinity: Original Sin is a RPG, isometric RPG in the vein of the old uh, Bioware. It was Black Castle, Black Island, or I don't remember exactly at the time. But like those Planescape Tarman, Baldur's Gate kind of thing. I think it's very fucking cool because it's super open in a way games are not anymore. Like it's as open as a Skyrim, but there's more system because the game is less complex visually than a Skyrim. It has more system going on under the hood. So it lets you do stuff that like very complex RPG like Mass Effect cannot do because like production values are way higher on a Mass Effect game than it is there. So, yeah, I like Divinity a lot. I think it's worth arguing about. Really? Okay. Great. Yeah. Sure. Keep it. Sure. <laughs> let's keep. Let's. It's keep a very it. cool game. Like you, just just an example. But like you can play as a skeleton, like a undead person. But like everybody's gonna hate you. So you're just you always need to have a mask or stuff. And if you don't like people, that grow on you. And it's like those kind of stuff that you couldn't do in a very well-produced AAA game because, like, it would break the game. Yeah, in I, mean, I way. absolutely think that there's like um, there is a strong merit to a game that that sort of asks you to walk part and parcel, like imagination and mechanics. And yeah, this is obviously a game that you know you, le- you know, and Skyrim does this too, but letting letting your imagination fill the blanks that the production yeah. can't keep up with. Yeah, that's it. The thing I'm saying about it being having less production value than Skyrim let them do crazier stuff because like inventing a new side quest, a whole new quest or a whole new choice just asks them to write more text in this. Whereas in Skyrim, they have to program the character moving around and stuff like that. Whereas this, they can do a lot just with the text. So it lets them being more freeform with it. I think it is very good. All right, so uh, next game on this list, uh, Dream Daddy, uh, Dad Dating Simulator. Thank you for including the whole title. I'm very fond of Dream Daddy. Uh, sure. I didn't expect to be as fond of it as I am. It is a game, <clears throat> and so we'll talk about a Night in the Woods later. Uh, I think that Dream Daddy and Night in the Woods share a common thread of being able to talk through generational lines and have characters who speak through their youth and characters that speak in their old age and sort of meeting in the... Uh, games that meet in the middle and uh, i think it's a very interesting thing that i haven't seen in games until this year i don't think anyway and dream daddy is so charming for it and so happy for it and i i really loved it i agree we can keep it cool tell me about everything everything is a new game a new game with air quotes by um david o'reilly that you know from the app mountain and also he made the video game you see in her the movie Basically, everything is a game where you can play everything. So you're in this world that is 
that resemble the real world, but where everything moves a little wrong. And you can inhabit uh, any object that are there in the world and you can move around and dance and that's kind of it. But there's also a voice of a philosopher that I should have known it talking you about everything. I and uh, <laughs> everything is an exceedingly pretentious game that I think gets away with its pretension by being outright funny. Yeah. Often. And I'm sure that we will talk about everything more. Yeah. Uh, I'm progress through this list. It's the it's my plug and play award of the year, I guess. Pretentious game that remind that give me the same feeling as plug and play in that it's just very weird and different and touching but also very funny and it's been I want biting my tongue through this whole process of cutting games. Let's let's move on. I have plenty okay. of thoughts on the game everything. Oh really? I do. And you played more than me too. Yeah, I I played everything for more than eight hours yesterday. <laughs> okay. And I may or may not have woken up this morning and played more everything. <laughs> but we're we're gonna keep that one. Yes. Uh, and we'll also keep this wonderful game called Gorogoa. Uh, which just released this past month. Can you tell me, Olivier, how do you pronounce Anna Perina? Is that the name of the publisher? Yeah, Anna Perina. Anna Perina. Anna Perina, making wonderful strides in video games this year. I, yeah. I spent a lot of time scouring the Wikipedia page. Yeah, repeatedly. Every time I saw their name show up, I got excited and had to remind myself everything they had dabbled in. It's a Megan studio, right? If I'm not wrong. Pardon me? Uh, I think Anna Perina, basically it's a movie studio. It was a movie studio before. I think it's the Megan Ellison studio. Megan Ellison is a billionaire woman that just liked movie and decided to invest in them. And she's like giving money to those big director doing big film like P.T. Anderson and that kind of stuff. And they started doing video game this year. They might have put their name on a couple things last year. Okay. Uh... No, you're absolutely right. This year. Uh, and I know they have Kentucky Road Zero next year and other stuff coming up. Yep. Uh, Watam is under their brand. Cool. Under their banner. Uh, so Gorogoa is a it's a game available on a wide array of platforms, which is so interesting. Uh, PC, phones, and Nintendo Switch. And it it's a hard game to describe because of how bizarre it is mechanically. Really what it is is you are playing with four panels and dragging them around to reveal different parts of a picture, which then you can zoom into and zoom out of, and you progress through a very trippy experience solving puzzles along the way. Uh, it is stunning, and I think very accessible in the way that uh, Monument Valley was a couple years ago, and I think it absolutely fits that bill as something that a lot of different people will get a lot of different things from, and it's an easy recommendation. And some people won't get anything from it. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> We're going to argue about that one. Number six, Hollow Knight. Um, it's not even number six. Sorry, yeah, I said that. Deleted. <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> deleted it. Yeah. Uh, Hollow Knight is uh, a very typical Metroidvania with uh, Andrew art style. It gets its point, though, being inspired, being one of the many Dark Souls inspired games that kind of gets it, in my opinion. I, I think Ref uh, kind of disagree, but like as a Metroidvania, it's way more about exploration than a game like Ori or uh, Shadow Complex, where 
um, less about the actual gameplay, but more about the world and the map making part of it. Right. And we're gonna we're gonna argue about that one. Let's let's start puffing through these games a little bit further. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, a PlayStation Four exclusive game by Guerrilla Games. That um, hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn is the story of a young woman set in a. I'm gonna start over. Horizon Zero Dawn is a third-person action game. Like many others. Like many others. Oh, I I literally don't even know where to how to describe it without just uh, hitting on. I'm trying to think of a polite way to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. I just put it there so we could talk about and say where it, why it's not going to be there. It's it's a very well-made game, but like Destiny, I think we both don't care about it really. I just. Unlike Destiny 2, I just didn't enjoy playing it. I just think the, the gameplay itself is boring, as pretty as it is, as complex a world and a lore they have. Uh, I just think it's not a fun game to play. And All right, I think I need, to, I need to take the shackles off myself and just say one more time here that anything that I say about these games, uh, I am trying not to be mean. I'm going to be mean for mean's sake, not because I actually have any... Um, yeah. I don't want to actually shit on anyone's creation or any games that people really like but horizon zero dawn is a pretty boring game with an excellent story uh it has incredible visuals and like olivier said i think mechanically it's just something that doesn't jive with our interests um it's rote in its level design and its progression systems and other than its cutscenes, it's a game i philosophically am opposed to yep i agree with that we got that all right. Okay, just to also throw in, every time I booted it up, I couldn't get over how breathtaking it was to look at. But it's very pretty. Holy moly, am I not interested in playing that game. HQ, I just... baby. <laughs> HQ is an awesome game. Will you really argue about HQ in the top 10? I think we need to leave HQ on the list for now. Oh, man. <laughs> this is going to be a mess. Okay, just to be clear, we didn't talk... We didn't talk about our favorite game that much. Like, we have an idea, I guess, from talking about video game all year, but like, I have no idea what Raph's top 10 is, and uh, he has no idea what mines look like, and we're going to reveal that at the end after all the arguing is done, so like we cannot play that game, I guess, of saying, oh, my number two needs to be on that list and stuff like that. Right, right. I did. Just looking at your list of games, I would like to just see a list of the very best video games of the year. So I think we have yeah. some games to cut, but I'd like to see what it looks like if we only have games that we think are great games. Okay, but like I wouldn't think HQ. Anyway, we can keep it. We're leaving but... HQ on this list so that it will be a part of the big picture when we look at these last great games. Yeah. Should I go? Go for it. Uh, the next game is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, no small game that we played both <laughs> a lot. I think... Uh, it's probably the game I played the most in a single year in my life. I played over 120 hours of that game from the Switch timer. I think we really both like that game for many reasons. We're going to talk more about it. We'll talk more about uh, Legends of the Breath of the Wild. Little Nightmares is a 2D puzzle platformer. It's 3D. It's 3D in the way that Little Big Planet is 3D, I suppose. It's uh, yeah. There are 3D environments. Anyway, whatever. It, it is played as a side-scroller, even if there's a little bit of depth to the image. Uh, yeah. It's 
a horror game, um, but not it's not decidedly scary, I wouldn't say. Uh, it's more tense. It's a, yeah, it's a tense horror game that sort of uses a lot of different visual uh, or aesthetic elements you've seen in other horror games and puts them, kind of um, blends them into its own its own look and theme. Uh, and I I like it quite a bit. I don't have very much to say about Little Nightmares other than I think it's worth playing and is I think it's one of the better games of the year. Oh, really? I don't think it necessarily needs to be on this list. Okay, uh, because like personally, I think Little Nightmares is. Um, it's very similar to Limbo and um, Inside. And yeah, not quite as good as either of those. Not quite as good, and even them are a game that I kind of disagree with the design in a way. Like, it's very trial and error, mm-hmm. and what I think is fucking stupid. I think a Little Nightmare, like, first hour is pretty bad, and it's a two-hour game. So, yeah, I think that the, the reason... I, I'm very torn on it, because I... I enjoyed Little Nightmares. I would recommend Little Nightmares. Uh, the fact that I have so little to say about it, period, probably speaks to it not being a an excellent game or something that it, like it didn't leave a um, an especially big impression on me. Other than to say that I enjoyed it, and I think the ending is Studio Ghibli esque, which is also very high praise for something something like this. Yeah. It's better when it's scripted than when it is a physics based puzzle platformer. That's it, what it has a great moment mm-hmm. that I agree. I just don't think it's worth even talking more about. Okay. Let's drop it. I'm going Yeah, I'm going to come. Mario plus Rabbit Kingdom Battle is uh, probably one of the biggest surprises of the year, I guess. Nobody expected that from that game. Uh, it's an XCOM-like team Mario and Rabbit team game. It's good. I think we both liked it quite a bit. It's a little slight. Like, it's a good game, good strategy game to give to a kid, I guess. I, I think it's an interesting thing that it works. Uh, it definitely benefits from being a Nintendo Switch exclusive game. It's a strange case of that medium, the Nintendo Switch, being the perfect way to have a digestible XCOM light like uh, Yeah. It's adorable, but it's not one of the best games of the year. No, obviously not. We're going to cut it. Uh, neither is Mass Effect Andromeda, which I have here only to say that it's... Um, you know what, I'm going to first start off by saying that I think Mass Effect Andromeda is better than a lot of people give it credit. Uh, I understand why people are still playing Mass Effect Andromeda because it is serviceable in some spots and profoundly disappointing in most of them. It's it's incredibly shallow. Uh, the plot has very little going on. It only has one new interesting race. And yet there are, you can see glimmering moments where you, you see the vision for that game. Uh, even moments where you see them doing interesting stuff um, structurally, like referring back to your father and using that as a way to roleplay your character. But beyond that, it's oh my gosh, is it ever disappointing. Even when I was trying to enjoy it as a podcast game or as a as a flawed game, it's, um, it's just not very good. Yeah, we could have. I, I very often almost wanted to rage quit out of the, that thing. I did finish it on easy mode. I eventually just put it down there, but it, it also had like a, a Batman Arkham City thing where very often I would just be in a dungeon and feel like, oh god, I need to get out of here and I can't find my way out and I think I need to uninstall it because I'm going to lose my mind if I can't find the door I'm looking for to get out of this place. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, it's telling that I haven't played it. Like, it's telling that I haven't played the Mass Effect game in 2017. Next on the list is Nidhogg 2. And I don't think uh, I don't think we need to talk about Nidhogg 2 anymore because I think it needs to stay on here and we should talk about it later. 
Okay. I'm good with this. Cool. Okay, the next one's a big one. Uh, Near Automata. Yep. I think is a miserable video game. <laughs> I can't for the life of me figure out why it is so beloved. Um, in years past, I, I, I very often find myself disagreeing with with Reddit and other communities about the best games. Like, I'm not a huge Witcher 3 fan, for example, and I know that people adore that game. And I, good on you, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Near Automata is the most baffling example of massive fandom I've ever seen. I can't yeah. wrap my head around the popularity of this video game. I wouldn't say it's miserable, so just to be clear for information, and maybe maybe spoiler in the future, and that's going to go for all the games. Uh, you didn't finish Nier, but I did. Like, I did finish all five main route, basically. Five main ending, which took me something like 30 hours. Uh, I think Nier has moments. I think there's four or five moments of the game I can take out and uh, that I say I would really enjoy. I don't think as a whole it's a good package, or maybe like it's fine, but like I cannot understand how people write off some of the flaw of that game because I think they're massive in a way that every game on every game uh, I like have flaws. Even like my favorite game of the year and probably Raph's favorite. Also, there's stuff I can point out that are problematic, but near it's inherent to the design in a way. It's not for all those other games. I just think just to get my the stuff out like most of the game is basically bad side quest the game you're just running around doing errands and it's constantly pointing at the fact that you're just doing around doing errands as a way to be meta but like being meta about your own flaw doesn't excuse them i just think it's fucking stupid how many hours did you spend playing here 35 wow okay i guess that's not even as long as i thought i that game is so unbearably boring to play. Yeah. You 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 frequently are just running from quest or from like point A to point yeah. B and there's nothing going on and then the combat is a mashy mess where there's nothing like Yeah. I still I still have a bunch of stuff to say. Like you do you play the game basically there's three playthrough for people that don't know much about Neo, but you need to play the game three times, basically. But the third playthrough is completely different. But the first one and the second one are basically the same thing with parts added and part change. But there's a point in the game where you have to run between the two main village of the open world twice in a row. And you have to do that like in the first playthrough and in the second playthrough. And the game points at it like, oh, we're just doing errands for you guys. And it's like, it's not, it's not an excuse. And even when the game has gameplay, like the, the combat is very mashy. It's very easy on normal. But like, even if it were difficult, it, it wouldn't be better because like, it's not deep enough to be fun. Um, like I broke the game in three hours by using a build that make the game like painfully easy for the whole playthrough. That being said, I would get one shot at by enemies. I died four times and the four time in the game I died were just because I got one shot at by enemies that were over leveled in random areas. Like the design of the game is all off in very strange ways. People that defend the game defend it on the, on the story side. I'm gonna say it right now, like for every good moment there is a near, it's not that great of a story as a whole. It's kind of like philosophy through a 
high school class. I don't know. Like it's a- ethics one hundred and one can be interest. It can be fun in any. Yeah. Way. It can be a fun like vehicle for for storytelling, especially in sci-fi. But like, does it even? Um, I feel like that stuff, you have to wrap it in an interesting package, and I understand that Nier has moments where things hit, but it doesn't seem like it's ever trying to to play with its own themes in, in I don't know, like, wildly unique ways. Like, the, one of the first things that happens in that game is that you meet a bunch of robots, and they behave like humans, and then you need to kill them. Yeah. And then I feel like it, it plays it straight. And then and at some point, I'm sure it does a twist and goes like, whoa, whoa. But that, that's it, like... Things. They were pseudo-sentient. But 30 hours in the game, there's still a character that's going to be, oh, the robots have no feeling. And it's like, you know where it's going to go. Like, don't... I play 35 hours. Like, and it, it's, it's very... It pisses me off so much. There's another game on there, I'm going to say right now, called Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, that I don't like the game, but like the story a lot. And it's a game that people write off the theme of it as being um, not deep, I guess, but I think like Wolfenstein is way more dense in story-wise than Nier is in every way. And I think uh, Nier talks a lot about um, fascism later in the third playthrough, but it's all behind this weird sci-fi metaphor. And I think there's something to be said about a game that's going at it straight away. I just, that's it. There's more. There's a moment in there I really like. I really like the music, and that, that's it. I, I finished the game trying to see what everyone was talking about, and it's not even as weird as people talk about when we have a game like everything that exists. Like, it's not that strange. It's a very plain hack and slash with a little bit of weirdness, no interesting character at all. Like, every character in this game has no nuance. They only have two side it's basically at the beginning they think robot are evil and then they switch and that's it that's their character development for all three main character of the game um even i'm primed to love this game like my so much of my favorite art revolves around like a general theme of like consciousness right like it's like a super simplistic my my favorite movie is 2001 a space odyssey like that's just okay consciousness we're going to talk about that and like let's think about interesting ways to discuss it and I know that's what Nier Autonoma, Automata is doing, but, like, you figure it out in four and a half minutes, and then you have to brute force this boring character action game. <laughs> yeah, it never goes that much further for every person telling you there's great moment in which there is, but, like, the story as a whole never evolved that much further than this, like... Sometimes it's going to name drop Nietzsche. Sometimes it's going to name drop Sartre. And it's pretty funny because, like, Jean-Paul Sartre is an asshole like he was in real life and whatever, whatever. But, like, it's never it's never more than just pointing at philosophy. It's never more than just... Yeah, it's really into referencing things it wants to make yeah. associate itself to. And... and as a whole story, like, it has no character. Like, as if you're there just for the narrative itself, like, they're pretty fucking boring, one no character. Like, even if you don't care about all the philosophy, there's better story out there this year. Thanks for being here to talk about Nier. Yeah, man, that game. I, I finished it out of spite. I'm happy because, like, the last hour of the game is actually pretty good in a way that's, like, surprising because the game was just so fucking boring. Uh, that was, like, being into the combat at the end was surprising because, like, it's the better boss fight of the whole game. But, um... It's not. It's not worth it. It's not like if you play two hours on here and think it's boring, you can stop here. It's never gonna get better. I, I think 
people are crazy and that's it all right let's uh, we cut here talk about a good story though uh you see again i feel like we're just biting our tongue talking about the better games of the year but uh night in the woods is uh, a, a superb um young adult story and we should talk about it in greater detail we should not talk about it right now yeah obviously it's a good list yeah neo uh it's a pretty cool dark soul inspired game uh it's basically dark souls in japan the i would say the big difference between neo and a dark souls game is that neo is level based compared to a dark souls that is more like a big world that you need to explore but what neo lose in the world building department it gains in combat because the combat system is a lot deeper than it is in the dark souls it has it's made I don't remember. It's not Ninja Theory, though. I'm mistaken. Uh, it's oh, Team Ninja. Team Ninja, yeah. Yeah. It's made by Team Ninja. They know how to make a fighting game, except Ninja Gaiden 3, I think. That's the bad one. Um, it's a very interesting game. I think it's very cool. I don't think I like it that much. Oh, okay, good. Let's, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. I want to talk about it because I think it's really cool. I think it's going to be the favorite game of some people that really want a very deep combat system. But, like, I'm going to a Dark Souls game. I like the combat. I like the challenge. But I like the world building over all that. I think Neo only gets the challenge in combat. And that's it. I would have loved Neo a lot more if it was a bus, a bus rush game. Because the bus fights were a lot of fun. I didn't like going around the world that much. Yeah, it seemed, um, like, the level design seemed very uninteresting to me. Yeah. From that perspective. Like, every time I would it, watch someone play it, I... It very, uh, I, the level design is good as very discrete level, not organic world like Dark Souls is. Yeah. And they don't look cool, either. Persona 5. Persona 5. High school, teenage, Japanese drama, where people go in a weird world where they steal the heart of evil people and make them good again. <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, okay, great. It's, sure, yeah, that's what it is. It's a crazy JRPG mixed with a kind of dating sim um, gameplay where, like, the, the, the dating sim gameplay will give you spell for your JRPG shit. And uh, it's also about living in the teenage world as a Japanese children, as a Japanese teenager, sorry. And I think it's very cool. I think it's very flawed, but I like it a lot. Okay. Are we leaving it here for now? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is the biggest phenomenon of the year, um, surprisingly. Uh, it's a 100-person uh, battle royale shooter that uh is ha is sweeping the world do you like it that much i i think there is a little bit of magic in that game i think we should leave it for now oh really okay i, I like it i think it's cool i'm not gonna argue for it i think uh we're gonna leave it and we're gonna talk more about prey uh i don't think you played that much prey maybe 30 minutes oh no i played more than that but okay I, I played that i played three hours of prey Okay, I played like seven or eight hours. I think Prey is a very cool world with very bad combat design. I think it's a very um, 
it's a very potent argument against having combat in every fucking AAA game that exists because it's a game that would be a lot better if it wasn't for the combat. I don't think it's too hard. I don't think uh, I don't like they want they want you to approach combat in this game as puzzles, and I think it works in theory, but it's just like boring to execute them. And there are so many enemies that like it, every time I would get in a room and there would be enemies, it would be like grinding my gears. But I thought the world was very fun to explore. So, like, I kind of wish this game would be this open world, like the witness that you're trying to go around and trying to puzzle out. Like, oh, I need this battery to open this door. And I would be hit with the story and I would love the game. Uh, shooting felt so bad. Even if the game's not hard, I just I just couldn't bring myself to play more of it. So, I think. For me, it's a question of the enemies being so wildly uninteresting on top of it. Yeah, they're not. They don't behave in interesting ways. They don't look interesting. They're they're drab and bo- they're as drab and boring as um, as like fodder could be. Yeah, uh, it, I think it's very disappointing because it's one of those games I can see all good some elements of it are. I, I think it's the biggest disappointment for me of this year. I was really looking forward to this game. Yeah, so we cut it. Uh, is Pyre one of the best games of the year? Uh, I don't think so. That's a shame. Fire mm, eh. is the moment where I saw uh, the design of Supergiant game, and I was like, yeah, I was right all along. Like, they don't... I think... Okay. I have all the same issue I have with Pyre than I have with their president when the... What's that name? We argued about that one a lot. Uh, Transistor, one of the Tran- best games of... Transistor. I think it's a very shallow game with a lot of layered system top, on top of it to hide the fact that it's very shallow. And I think it doesn't work. I think the writing is good. I think the heart is very good. But like the game itself just doesn't work for me at all. The writing is good? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to play Pyre. Next. Uh, I didn't play enough Pyre to really have a, a, a valid opinion on it. I got really tired of the gameplay. But yeah. the world, there were when I launched that game, I actually I couldn't wipe the smile off my face watching the it, production values, the look and the sound and the aesthetic that, of that game is so fabulous. That, that's it. And like the music's still good. The, the it's cool because like because it plays like a visual novel. They they let you make a lot of choices that actually influence the story in cool ways. So all that is good. It's just that the game itself is just bad i think like it's bad in concept and they never make it good what an incredible year for visual novels yes like never before have have there been so many back to back that you could just say oh yeah the writing in this video game is strong enough to be considered among the best stories of, of the year yeah i think we cut fire i don't i don't like it okay uh resident evil 7 we keep that one we're going to keep for resident sure. evil 7 yeah for sure uh the sexy brutale let's it's fine it. Oh really? <laughs> let's move I, 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 on. Okay. Let, yeah, let's just move on. Let, let's burn through these. I want to. I want to talk about the ones we're not keeping. Okay. Uh, we're gonna keep Super Mario Odyssey for sure. Yep. Sure. Okay. Steam World Two. Uh, that game is loved quite a bit. I don't understand why. Okay. I think it. I think it's a good podcast game. It's kind of a grind that you enjoy. It's good to forget everything else that is happening in the world. Like, you're just digging and doing your stuff. Uh, for people that don't know, it's kind of a Metroidvania 2D platformer thing, except that the big part of the gameplay is that you're just, like, digging to the world 
and getting money and then upgrading or digging equipment and then digging some more and that's kind of it it's cool to put a podcast or music on and just play but like it's not an interesting game beyond that okay let's cut it and then take a break and call these 2020 uh sure just, let's just name them though okay uh okay so as per industry professionals <laughs> uh, olivia and Raphael. The 20 best games of 2017. Cuphead, Divinity Original Sin 2, Dream Daddy, A Dad Dating Simulator, Everything, Goragoa, Hollow Knight, HQ, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Nidhogg 2, Night in the Woods, Persona 5, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Resident Evil 7, The Sexy Brutal, Super Mario Odyssey, Tacoma, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, What Remains of Edith Finch, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus, and Yakuza 0. Olivier, we're looking at the 20 best video games of 2017. Yeah, I, I just want to reiterate now, uh, we didn't do a spoiler warning before, and uh, we didn't have any spoiler anyway, but I think right now for all those 20 games that Raph said before the break, there might be spoiler. This is true. This is absolutely true. We're gonna spoil the fuck out of HQ. <laughs> That's that the exact joke I was thinking about making. Uh, okay, so what we're we're gonna go through this and try and cut out the games that are actually maybe not the ten best games of the year is the idea. Yeah, I think basically it's the better way to go at it. I think there's maybe two game we can bold pretty safely that we know. Uh, I would say those two games are Legend of Zelda and Night in the Woods. Yeah, those are uh, okay. uh, those two games are. I would call both of those games masterpieces. Yeah, I think they're probably our two best game of the year, maybe. Yes, they are. <laughs> we're, okay. uh, we're, we're exchanging glances. Yes, uh, I think we both agree that those are the two best games of the year, and we'll talk about those later. Okay, but yeah, for the rest of it, I think we take turns cutting games, and if we disagree, we pass to another game until we agree, oh, and there's only 10 games left. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut... HQ. Okay. Uh, HQ, I wanted to see on in the top the 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 top twenty games of the year because HQ is the most 2017 ass game of the what year. A, what a weird thing. Uh, I'm really into it in principle. I think that HQ is super cool. I liked I liked having it over the holidays and grabbing my family and all of us looking at at this game. Um, I love the moments where Scott where the game would break and where Scott would be talking into the camera, stalling for time. I've maybe never laughed harder than Scott talking about the questions in this trivia game being pies coming out of the oven and him smelling the different flavors of the question while he was just just stalling and stalling. Uh, I love the fact that on New Year's Eve, the game completely broke, and uh, I thought that was hysterical and awesome, and I have enjoyed HQ as a phenomenon, and it will not be something we're talking about through all of 2018, but I continue to, you know, click that notification. Yeah. Uh, it is water cooler conversation incarnate, and I have to applaud its existence. HQ it's, is cool. It's a cool thing, yeah. Cut it. Okay, I'm the cutter. So we're going to pause for two seconds while I do that. Okay. I it's my turn now. I don't think the sexy brutal is one of the top ten game of the year. I think you're right. Uh, I, I think. Go ahead. I think it's very cool. I haven't finished it personally, so maybe you disagree and would want to argue more. I think it's a very neat, cool puzzle game that is fun to go through, but it's not very memorable. Maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not wrong. Um, the Sexy Brutal is like whisking beakers of different genres. Uh, I know that's like a strange way to think about it, but it's almost as if they've taken a traditional Zelda game and then poured it into a glass of traditional adventure games and then poured it back and then poured it back the other way and then just they keep they kept flipping it until it's this very cohesive mis- mishmash of traditional written language adventure games and The Legend of Zelda. Uh, that's really cool. And then the music is fabulous and the theming is great. And it's, I think, very digestible. Like, I, I, I considered that a very strong bubblegum game. Like, I had a really good time playing it. It didn't leave a huge impression, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. And we can cut it. Your turn. My turn. It's hard already. I think those two were probably the easiest one to cut. Uh, I think we can cut Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> uh, no? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, I haven't finished Divinity because it's a 80-hour game and I played 30-hour. I have a lot of issues with that game, though... It can do so much cool stuff. Like, just I, I want to tell that story, but like in the first village of the game, where you, you you need to get out of it because like you're basically there as a prisoner. I got seen doing something I shouldn't do, and I ended up killing everybody in the whole village. And the game went with it, no problem. And I finished all the quests I had in the village because I killed all the quest giver and everything, and the game went with it. And I finished my quest that way and could continue the story as a game. And it's just having that that level of uh, freedom. Even if the world themselves are pretty small, they give you plenty of opportunity to do your own fucking shit. And I like that the game is not a very serious GRPG, uh, Western RPG, sorry. The same way, like I tried play Pillars of Eternity this year and it's very serious whereas like divinity is a little playful as i said you can play as a skeleton that needs to hide from people i was playing as a lady that has voice in her head telling them telling her to kill people all the time uh really is that built into the actual yeah it's you can play as four archetype and those four archetypes you don't play as are going to be the other character that will come in your party basically um, there's more than four. There's six, I think. Uh, the lady was my main. I had a skeleton in my team. Uh, there's um, a lizard that's like a king, banished king that once is thrown back. And I don't remember the other one. And like, they're a cool story, but they're playful enough that if you end up killing everybody, it's kind of okay. Like, it's not serious in a way that it's gonna break if you do some dumb fucking shit. Uh, I like that game quite a lot. We maybe can't cut it. I don't know. I mean, realistically, it's, yeah, uh, it, it's a highly impenetrable RPG game in a year of wonderfully accessible video games. And for as great as I'm sure it is in a role-playing level, it is not one of the 10 best games of the year. I, I, I think it might be. I think you might be wrong. Uh, it's not one... It's not one of the game I'm gonna go to bat for, so I think we can cut it. I just think it's very impressive, and I think people are into those kind of RPGs. It's probably gonna be their favorite game of the year, maybe. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, it's it is a different kind of toy slash sandbox, right? Like it's yeah, it, it's a bunch of systems working in tandem, and that's very cool. Yeah, that game reminded me of Hitman in a way. Like all those interlocking systems that you can interact and fuck up with and do weird shit with. It's also worth saying that it's not 
a triple A game. No. It's an indie game with that type of design, and that that's also worth applauding and is very interesting to see. Uh, I did cut it though. Yay! <laughs> um, this is going to be a perfectly amicable conversation, for the record. No, cutting games, and it's going to be fine. It's going to fuck up real soon. Uh, do we really think Nidog Two is going to make it? Okay, I, I saw Nidog as the easy game to, um, Nidog 2 is very, very fucking good. I don't want to say anything against it, but like it, this game that like we both really like, but it's a cool party game to have. It's not. Uh, Nidog 2 is gameplay flow, like in hypothetical, or not hypothetical, in, in abstract video game terminology. It is flow incarnate. Yeah. Uh, it is unbelievably well paced and designed every single one of those levels is immaculately designed for what it is the which wasn't the case for the first one absolutely at all. not the case for the first one uh the music is i think probably one of the best of the year yeah it's very um, good it's it's excellent i think that this is i think if if you could show this game to the right audience over and over and over again i think that it has the potential to be Mario Kart-esque in its accessibility and the way that everyone can sort of interact with it and play with play with it and I think it could just swallow okay. huge swaths of people whole if that I happens. can see this for the anecdote I just want to say we're about as good as each other on it like we're basically on the same level I think so we always make for great 20-25 minute matches that just like sway forever it's real. like we had so <laughs> much fun it's I, I can't get over how good it is. I can't believe how much better it is than the first one. Which already was a pretty good game, yeah. I think. Like, it's surprising. I, I think it's very surprising. Okay. Uh, I, I can go with keeping it up. Do you... Uh, I think uh, we'll cut Yakuza 0. Which okay. we haven't really talked about yet. Okay. Uh, Yakuza 0 is maybe the funniest game ever made, really. Uh, I haven't finished it because it becomes kind of a grind, but man that game can be crazy and bonkers like that's when people talk about near yakuza zeros the game that gave me those feeling that crazy japanese vibe and it has um it's a very interesting open world i know like it's not something new uh, for yakuza player i guess though it's supposed to be probably the best one of the whole series um like it's a very very small open world that you can go around where there's so much stuff to find like you can befriend a policeman you can befriend befriend like a, a teller in a convenience store and like have weird conversation with people you can like help a couple with their scrabble game you can help a punk band uh being real punkish because they don't know how to be punk uh there's just so much cool stuff to find and um it's very funny. It's very enjoyable. It has a cool vibe. It has swagger. I really, really like it. I'm also not gonna fight that much for it. Cool. I yeah. I I wish I had played more of that game than what I saw. Um, oh, the biggest problem is that with it, it's a problem that comes from many good game is that it's not the actual game that is good. It's just going around the world. It's the dressing around it. Yeah, it's the dressing around it. So, yeah, I'm cutting it. Okay. You know, uh, already being down to 16, I think this is impressively easy. I think it's impressive we've gotten down to 16 games without... I've been... You cut some of my game already. Okay. I've been, I've been very 
realistic about me fighting for them. Okay. How uh, kind of you. How generous. Do you think Wolfenstein 2 is going to be in the top 10? I would have thought so until you tried to cut it just now. Okay. I think Wolfenstein is probably one of the best Ripple story ever. Maybe not the best, but probably in, in the top 10, I guess, Ripple story of ever. I think it's dense in a way that like you don't expect from that kind of game. Uh, I think it's smart in a way you don't expect from that kind of game. And I think it's political in a world where video games don't want to be. And that's worth uh, praising. I just think it's a miserable fucking video game to play, though. Hmm. Uh, I don't disagree that the gameplay of Wolfenstein is uh, hugely problematic. Yeah. I, I agree whole cloth that for 2017, it, it is it is the most, even more than HQ, um, it is a time and place game. And I'm very happy that I got to play it this year. Okay. I didn't know if you liked it that much. Uh, but we can keep it. I would cut Uncharted, though. I think it would be better to cut Wolfenstein <laughs> than to cut Uncharted. I think Uncharted's fine. I think it's more Uncharted. It's a good one. I don't... I don't think I'm going to be able to uh, hold Uncharted against your yeah. your wrath for it. Um, I continue to be wowed by what they have done in terms of... like I, I, I think this game is hugely recommendable. Um... I can't get over how strong the acting is and how, how unbelievably well they are able to translate real-world actors into a digital environment. I think even more than what Disney and Pixar are doing, for example, I think it's just... Un- like that first scene of Uncharted The Lost Legacy is unbelievable, the way they capture... They get away from the Uncanny Valley somehow, for me, anyway. I Just the acting in the body language and the eyes, I thought, was just so impressive. I think its color palette is beautiful, yeah, uh, I think it has, and this is probably by virtue of it being a shorter game, but I think the actual linear action scenes of the Lost Legacy are some of the best push and pull between like the letting the player act and having this highly scripted moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's just phenomenal use of like blockbuster Hollywood in a video game. Um, I think that. I mean, the biggest problem with it is that it's an Uncharted game and that like, that has, like, a... That, that's my thing against it. Um, it may be better paced than Uncharted 4, but, like, Uncharted 4 was riskier, I think, with the um, story as a whole of Uncharted, whereas I think Lost Legacy is just... It's a very good Uncharted game. I just want to be clear, I don't think all Uncharted games are good. I played them all this year, except the first one. I replayed all the Uncharted games this year, including the third one, which I think is kind of miserable. Yeah, PlayStation Vita one. Did you play that? No, no sorry. <laughs> Like, if I had to go back, I think I would put Uncharted Lost Legacy just under four right now. Like, if I had to recommend which Uncharted game to play. That being said, like, they did their best last year or two years ago. What was that? Last year. Last year. Last year. Man, time. Uh, hmm. And I have a hard time reconciling that with our top. I I will also, last thing I'll say about it before we can cut it, I think it is the closest that a AAA video game has has been to sort of like having its cake and eating it too in terms of being this quote-unquote hardcore thing where people can feel like they got their money's worth 
but simultaneously being accessible and easy to recommend in a way that a casual player, like I feel like you could hand this controller to anyone and they, most people would be able to figure out and engage with Uncharted The Lost Legacy. And I, I do think that's if you, impressive. Yeah, if you know how to use a controller, you're fine for Uncharted, which is not the case for everyone. But like if you play video game before, you're okay. You could almost play it as a walking sim yeah. or as a Assassin's Creed-esque, like huge collect-a-thon, massive thing. Yeah. You, you could sink either 30 hours into it or six and you would enjoy it either way i think that's very cool yeah um just a little bit another complaint uh i'm probably gonna get screened at for that one but i don't think the open world part of that game is that great i think adding a map to uncharted is not the thing i want it just slowed on the pace that much uh i more. don't i don't have like a huge affinity for it like that's not my favorite stuff in that game either i think it works i think it works a hell of a lot better than assassin's creed i would rather play in that world than i would in that or mordor or yeah for sure i I just want i just wanted to say to say it i don't think it's bad i just don't think it's what i don't think it's gonna save the franchise like some people are painting it as no i mean i think that i wish they would quit that franchise (laughs) yeah me too they should just yeah. call this game The Lost Legacy. Like, it doesn't even need to be Uncharted. Like, the yeah. stuff that's good about it has nothing to do with Uncharted. The stuff that's good about it is the character interactions and the narrative and the color palette and the story. It's it's just cool that it's character you've seen before. But, like, it could it's work. Really cool, but, like, I, I almost wish I didn't know either of those characters so I could just watch them bantering yeah. back and forth without any Yeah, for package. sure. But we cut it. If you have to. Yeah. <laughs> We're cutting it. Yikes. Wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Let's cut it. Fine. I don't like that we cut it. No. Is it your turn? Uh, let's cut Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Okay. I agree with that. It's a cool thing that is maybe not for us as much as other people, I guess. I'm not, I don't understand it as the phenomenon that it is, but I do think it is incredibly cool. I, I think what's really cool about it is the way that they've managed to fit something like a Dark Souls into this multiplayer environment because mm-hmm. it, is, it is tense. It, it's a role-playing game. You have to. Like, it's not fun if you don't pretend it's for real, and that's the weirdest thing to talk about in a like a bombastic shooter. Yeah, uh, that also become my big problem with the game is that basically it's very tense uh, the first few times you play it, but after you play it like maybe twenty match, like just a five minute at the beginning, it's not tense anymore. Maybe that's because I don't want to win enough. Like, I got in the top 10 a few times, but, like, I don't care if I die. But, like, right now I'm at a point where I'm not tense unless I'm in the last top 20 because, like, I don't care if I get shut down. And most of my time playing that game was just scourging around, finding equipment, and then getting shot from nowhere. I know there's some skill to it, but, like, there's also a lot of luck that just makes... There's a whole swath of playing that game that nothing interesting happened, which is important because it's what made all the fighting tense, but still... Yeah, I understand. For me, just I'm not going to go back to to it that often, but so I still like it. Wonderful stuff with that idea. Yeah. Well, they're not the first Battleground, Battle Royale game. They're just the most accessible ones. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I'm... Without even having a huge passion for that video game, I get a little bit aggressive hearing like my coworkers talking about playing other battle royale games, but not this one. And me going like, "Well, hold on, you should play the like almost the way Threes was." I feel like you should play yeah. the original, you should play the first one, you should play the. 
it's not even the original in this case. I just feel like it is the no. one that deserves the credit for. It's not even its first one because um, Player Unknowns, that dude, was um, a freelance dev on the H1Z1 for the Battleground that they did. So, which is probably the second most popular. I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but it's a, one of the five bigger one, probably. We're cutting it. Yep. So that was your turn. Your turn. I can recommend some stuff to you if you want to cut some games. It's fine. Man, um, I think we're we're in it now. Like all the games that are here, there's going to be a fight about maybe. Uh, are you going to fight about Green Daddy? Um. Yeah, I guess not. Okay. I guess not. I I think that Dream Daddy is um, a very good game. <laughs> I think too. I think it's very cool. I like it quite a bit. Uh, it wasn't. It was never that surprising to me. It was kind of what I expect, just better made than I would have ex- expected. It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. We we played that game for six or seven hours straight in an evening basically yeah. uh and i never expected to put that much time into it i thought i thought if i got two hours out of it i would have i would have been surprised i enjoyed it that much uh it's very well written it's very <laughs> cool the characters are worth getting to know just in in surprising ways uh that game i i i feel like i've heard the opposite that game's a lot darker than I was expecting it to be, despite being this, like, hyper-optimistic game. That's it. Like, it's very dark, but also very optimistic. That game has more... Yeah, that game has more bite than other games on this list. It's Maybe, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. There's just... I don't... I didn't get that much out of it. There's just one moment I can think of in the whole game that was very... a big surprise for me, whereas... The rest of the game was... You dated Matt, right? I dated Matt. And uh, the moment I'm talking about is the, um, when you're in the show with Matt and you're doing the minigame, the, the Crossy Road minigame, and there's the pop song playing in the background, uh, which is also a very good song. I, I like that bit quite a bit as a, a play. With It's not something you expect of the, the, the visual novel style. I, okay, so um, I wasn't sure how... I didn't. I didn't know mechanically how that game was going to operate. Uh, so I fell. I fell very in love with Matt very quickly. Matt is the dreamiest He's of the all the dreamiest dead. daddy. Yeah. Uh, I had also by that point already slept with Robert. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't, I didn't speak with you. No. <laughs> okay. I, I thought of it though a lot because he asked you basically coming from the bar. I felt a weird little bit of pressure to accept Robert's advances in a, okay. like a strange sort of like. Um, fish out of water sort yeah. of narrative moment i sort of felt like okay yeah i i guess I mean, this is how things are going to go in the world of dream daddy and then very quickly like regretted it because i was afraid that the other dads were going to find out and that i would want to <laughs> date one of them and like and that was going to somehow get in the way of my romantic endeavors uh, anyway i i got into the rp elements of dream daddy <laughs> and Anna told me you didn't end up with Matt. No, and in fact, I, we very, um, almost like condescendingly thought that you couldn't end up with any of the dads and that the story was about the relationship with your daughter and therefore you wouldn't end up with anyone. Okay, because I, I did end up with Matt. Like, what no happens? problem. I, it's just like, um, I don't know how it works for you, but like at the end of the game, they have a barbecue where everybody's there or something and he just like, he's the last one you're going to talk to and he's going to 
do this whole speech about how he's very happy he met you and whatever, whatever. And you have a, a full screen wallpaper of sexy Matt. Okay. And yeah. I took a picture of it. I can't send it to you. So for, for uh, us, he comes up and he was like, yeah, this was like, you're really special to me, but we can't be together. And, and then your daughter's like, it's cool, dad. I still love you. I like how uh, childish your dad get when like you have your first kiss with Matt, I guess. Uh, and like your daughter is asking you questions and you're like just like a teenage kid with his first kiss, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 I love, I really love the relationship with your daughter. Uh, like that's the scene where you're making the cake for her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's probably, that's probably the best part of that whole game. I think that the, the daughter dad relationship is the best thing. I think all of those dads are also interesting to date. Like they, they all, they all reveal themselves to be interesting. Like I wanted to go with the, the youth, uh, the youth minister first. Cause I wanted to know, I just wanted to know what was going on with his marriage and that was complicated right. and, and it was really interesting to me. Uh, right. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's a great game. It's a great game. It's worth playing. Don't look down on it. I think it gets a lot. I think it's, I don't know. it's a very hard sell. And even to even for me, even to talk about it, I sort of feel like there's like a hint of irony that maybe is a little bit condescending. But you have to sort of have that to. Yeah. Dream Daddy's really good. Let's cut it. Okay. Uh, let's cut. Ah, uh, see. Okay. I don't know if I should fight with you. There are things on this list I know you don't want to cut that I want to cut more than other things on this list. Uh, let's cut Persona 5. Man, I don't know. We don't have to. We can we can save it. I would save Persona 5. I really like that game. I, it has major flaw. Like, it's a little sexist in some way. Sometimes it's progressive, sometimes it's not. No, you know what? Fuck that. I don't want a sexist game on this <laughs> List. Man, <laughs> whatever. Legend, Legend of Zelda has sexist bit in it. Whatever. I don't fucking care. Uh, like the the people posted a lot that thing on Twitter. It's probably the worst bit of the game. But the homophobic stuff that game has is a little bad. I feel really gross about this game now as we talk about it. But on the other hand, Zone Five is a good game. In the same way, Dream Daddy game has them. I guess a lot of people don't like those characters, but I like most of the character of Persona 5 and you get to know them in very, it's a Hades hour game. So you get to know them for real. It has a very big cast of character with all uh, interesting goals and relationship, except maybe one that I think is kind of an ass, but all the other characters are very cool. And it's also a game that is about um, the older generation wanting to make plays for the younger one. I think it nails that quite a lot. So. Basically, you're this bunch of superhero kid that's going to go in the consciousness of other people and steal their heart and make them a better person. And it's always adult, no wanting to make space for the younger generation that is coming. Uh, the first one is uh, an abusive teacher, sexually abusive teacher. Uh, there's an artist that don't want to make spot for younger artists. There's politicians. So it's... It's a lot about what's going on right now politically in a way. And I think that it gets very good and also it gets the high school crowd vibe really well. And um, it's, it's the fact of living with those characters. Like you're playing with those characters for 80 hours and then like at the end of the game, your character is going away. And I was very touched because like you all gather for one last time and it's the last cutscene of the game where you're going on a road trip for one last time together. And it's just, it's very, 
touching moment about you know looking up, looking forward but not forgetting about the cool stuff you did with in high school with your friend and all that stuff so um i'm trying to reconcile a lot of this i obviously haven't played 80 hours of persona 5 i played i think six hours of persona 5 um is this a game is the merit of this game in the fact that it is 80 hours or is this story like legitimately better than dream dead just for example uh, um i think dream that is maybe more constant okay it's more equal i would put the eye of person five higher and the low much lower i'd say uh there's something to be said about dream daddy that is a very progressive game whereas persona has still come with all the baggage of uh, a lot of grpg bullshit I mean that about the sexist and transphobic and homophobic stuff. I think you can see that in a lot of JRPG game, and it's not an excuse, and that's a problem in Persona. Uh, that being said, I think a lot the length play in the way that it can um, reveal those characters to you in the same way a TV show would do. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I've played, you know, I've I've watched sixty-hour television shows. I've played eighty-hour video games. I, I understand that. Like you said, at some point, at the very end of that, it's it's emotional by virtue of yeah. like brute forcing the time that you spend with the people. It becomes emotional. Yeah, there's a little bit of Solcom syndrome into that too. Like that, you're gonna play a game for eighty hours. You're gonna, I don't know, like it's gonna mean something to you. I actually think like JRPG are not my favorite genre of game. I think it's one of the better design one gameplay wise. I don't think it's perfect. Uh, I think 80 hour is way too much of gameplay. I mean, so, realistically, 80 hours is too much of any video game, but some yeah. video games feel compelled to do it. Yeah, uh, but like for maybe 25 hours, I thought that I didn't aid the gameplay the way I do in another JRPG game because I think they have interesting system going on and interesting strategies going on. And, and the look of that game is excellent. Spectacular, yeah. yeah. And music's also very good. Um, Man, I like that game a lot. It's it would probably be one of my game I would cut the more easily, I guess. But like I like Persona Five a lot. We we can leave it for now. For I mean, now. Some of that stuff does sit very poorly with me. Uh, I want you to tell me about how much you love Gorogoa. Do you like it that much? Um, I also have an easier time letting go of Gorogoa than some other things on this list. Gorogoa is like it's not a game that played with my heartstrings, but it's a yeah. game that played with my imagination. I I know that you disagree with this, but I found it extremely hard but also satisfying. I, I really like the fact that the puzzles are simplistic enough that you when you do get sort of roadblocked, there are so few things that you physically, like literally can do to interact with the game, and yet it still manages to stump you. And I think playing with those puzzle elements works very, very well. I think it's very pretty. Yeah, and it's, uh, hmm? it's lovely to look at. There's no. Yeah, it's lovely to look at. Uh, I I got stumped a lot in that game because I didn't understand um, the rule of the puzzle. I would get stunned in a way, and then realize what I needed to do is that I had a part missing that was just um, I needed to zoom somewhere and then move move um, one of the one of the Sorry. One of the panels, and then it reveals... Well, one of the panels, so it would reveal anything. Because I, I never knew when you could separate panel. I never knew when you could... I think the what you can click on and the zooming on is not 
that well integrated on the touch device. Like sometimes you want to know what you're going to be able to click on, but then it's going to zoom because like you don't have much space to play with. Yeah, and you you can if you click on a spot that doesn't zoom, it'll remove yeah. all the points. But that's it. But like they're so small that sometimes you want to do that and you're going to click on something that zoom and you're like, no, I want to zoom out and all that stuff. I think. And 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 to be fair, I'm just gonna. I know that this is not really fair, but you are playing on a much smaller screen than yeah. Like you know, yeah, I didn't even play it on an iPad, but like you can play that game on a 27 inch screen. You can play that game on a 10 inch screen. You can play that game on the four inch screen, and it does I, adapt as best it can. I mean, it's just a little problem. At the end of the day, that problem's not that bad. I would have preferred having like a, a touch button in the background that just makes everything you can click on pop, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I felt personally playing that game that the rule of the puzzle were inconsistent in a way that made them unpredictable in a way that I didn't enjoy. I still thought it was very pretty and multiple times I was, oh, that's neat. But like trying to solve it, I never felt like solving anything. I just felt like I was stumbling my way into puzzles. I uh, I understand that. I, I mean, I think that game is short and effective and you you know as well as I what it does well and where it sort of falters. I, I think it's very experiential. Uh, and you also, you know I'm going to love a game that anyone can play. And I think that you can put that game in front of anyone and they will find some fun in it. I can see that. Um, there are other games on this list that are not on my list. Okay. Uh, I would cut. Go for it. But if we need to get rid of that one, I'm also open to it. I think we're going to get rid of Gorogoa, but you can go for something. So what do you... <laughs> you I mean, okay. It. Okay. Okay. There are games on I, this list that I actually I, think are not on I, either of our lists. Okay, I'm going to say one thing. We're keeping Persona 5 here right now, but like, if we cannot get anything going, we're going to cut it. We're going to talk about the other game, but like, I'm ready to cut Persona 5. I think so. I think we should leave Gorogoa. No. I think you know what? Frankly, I think we should go retroactively back because I suspect, I suspect there are multiple games on this list that are not on either of our lists. Really? Yep. That we were Which just one? dancing around to avoid each other's wrath. Which one? Let's cut what remains of Edith Finch before we cut Gorogoa. I can see cutting Edith Finch before Gorogoa. I like Edith Finch a lot. It. I I also like Edith Finch. I just don't think it's one of the ten best games of the year. Maybe it was for me. Okay. Really? Yeah. It's not one of those I feel so the these, most these about. Are, these are the two uh, the two Anna Anna Perina games. Yeah. Pitted against each other here. I like it. It finished way better. Okay, I like it. It finished way better than Garogoa, but... Uh, Both beautiful games. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, the difference here is, like, kind of like Persona versus... like Kind of like Persona versus Dream Daddy, I think that Garogoa is more consistent, and Edith Finch peaks a lot higher. The, yeah. the head, the fish-chopping scene in yeah. Edith Finch is I, I think easily that, one of the best moments of the year in video games. Uh, yeah, I, I think that might be it. What remains of Edith Finch is one of the best moments of the year. It's not the most consistent game, but like, I, I feel I'm personally more inclined to um, praise a game that's going to bat for it, even if it fails everywhere else, in a way. Edith uh, Finch is the game that I wanted... Uh, Giant Sparrow to make after yeah. um, after Unfinished Swan. Like Unfinished Swan is a game that's two hours long and needed to be fifteen minutes because yeah. they have they are very high concept developers and they're very good at their high concepts. They just can't sustain anything. 
And I think that Edith Finch is perfect at that, at being uh, like little micro stories. uh, And half of them are great and half half of them aren't. Edith Finch is not on my list of 10 best games of the year. But if you're going to go to bat for it, I definitely can see it being on this list. Just for sake of uh, transparency, I put Goragoa back, just in case of... Uh, was there any other game you thought wasn't on my list? I thought that T- Tacoma might not be on your list. Either. Okay, Tacoma is on my list. I like Tacoma a lot. Uh, even more than I did Finch, and I'm pretty sure some people are going to be angry at that statement. I think uh, Fulbright. Tacoma is organic in a way that Finch is not. And Finch is just a bunch of moments. Some are cool, some are not. Tacoma is a whole world that is not perfect. I think actually the moments of Tacoma are not well executed all the time. But just as a, a world to explore, I thought Tacoma was pretty fucking neat. Uh, I mean, I love all three of these games that we're talking about. Gora Goa the most of the lot. Oh, really? Um, Tacoma and Edith Finch, I think, are both flawed enough that I have a hard time with them like i think tacoma i i love 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 tacoma as like a sophomore video game i i always love those games that sort of feel like reactionary and tacoma is definitely a reaction to the success of gone home where they've they've built this very high concept like smart system inside of a genre that they've already sort of established themselves in it's such a smart video game i think it's so clever um i think it is not as effective as Gone Home. I think, no. frankly, I think it is poisoned by its sweetness. Like, I think that game is has zero bite compared to even Dream Daddy. I, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but I see where you're coming from. Like, I think that there's no stakes at any point in Tacoma. Even when they're like, we might die, I'm sort of like, you're not gonna fucking die. Like, you're good. Don't worry about it. You're the best people in the world. You're Like, it is so... Even the fact that it is... Um, there's no white people on the game yeah. I was like oh you're so that's so nice of you like that's such an optimistic view of the future in some way not you know like just this everything about the world of Tacoma is so perfect and so happy and so I mean just for sake of uh, that we don't get you wrong it, it's not actually perfect what you're saying is it's optimistic in a way that's optimistic m- to the point where even the flaws that are there I sort of was like yeah sure they are and sure, I, by the time that game ends, it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I mean, the flaws that are here are there to uh, contrast how optimistic it is, in a way. Um, I, was, I was expecting people to die, actually. Really? Okay. The, the bait and switch did work a little bit better for me. It does the same bait and switch that uh, Gone Home does, which is make you think it's going to be about bad stuff, and then it's about good stuff. That it doesn't... A, a borderline violent game frankly yeah like there are moments in that game where you are expecting brutality and carnage and, and it's, yeah i mean i had a hard time finishing gone on because i can't do oh, horror game be, and like gone on work as a an horror game for as much people say it's just a walking simulator tacoma doesn't uh at all i could cut tacoma i would rather see tacoma on this list than you finish though yeah. Choosing between them. I, I mean, I'm not yeah, 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 like, yeah. Me, but. me too. I prefer Tacoma over uh, Finch. I prefer Bold over Goro Goa personally. Uh, we have only three games to cut. Like that, that would be my three, I guess. I would rather cut Persona than Tacoma. I would keep Persona over Tacoma personally. Um, I would cut Cuphead, but I know it's not gonna happen. I mean, I would rather see Tacoma on this list and Edith Finch on this list than Persona and Hollow Knight. 
yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> this was a funny... So, like, cards on the table, I have no walking simulators on my list this year. Okay. Uh, which is a very strange thing for me, a very unexpected thing for me, because, I mean, that's, frankly, probably my favorite genre of video game. <laughs> but those games resonated way more with me than Hollow Knight. I get it. Man, no, Hollow Knight is one of my favorite things. <laughs> I cannot, like, we, we won't cut it. I know, like, you kind of hate it. Uh, but, like, it's... I like that game so much. Whereas, like, Tacoma, What Remains of Edith Finch are both game I like a lot and made my list, but they're in the ballpark of my list where I don't care that much about them, if you see what I mean. Sure. Well, okay. <sighs> we, we, keep, five, huh? we keep all night. Okay. And whatever, like we can cut Garoga. You said you said you were okay to cut it. I think I think you need to let go of that one. Okay, so we'll let go of Gorogoa. Sure. Okay. Do we also let go of Edith Finch? Sure. Oh, but I'd rather that than Persona. Okay. If I we had one a, game on this list, it would be Persona. If I had to cut just one, it would be Wolfenstein. I mean, it would be Cuphead or Nidhogg, but realistically from those. Yeah, I have an... Uh, I, I mean, I get the the point that Wolfenstein is it's a very important game in a way, I, I, and I don't think it's perfect, but like it's a very 2017 game that nails not perfectly, but that talks a lot about 2017 in a way video game don't. Uh, I think it's kind of important. I think it's uh, daring in a way AAA game are not. I just can't get over that I actually hated playing it. Like when I think back of Wolfenstein, I think the cast of characters is one of the most interesting. It's a very affecting story, but like I remember all the fucking anger. And oh, I don't understand how they designed that game. It's this weird way that the game itself, like the shooting doesn't feel bad at all. I think the gun feels great. It's just that everything around it, it seems to be designed against it. It's how quick you die, uh, how the checkpoints are made, how the level design is made, how the game doesn't pose when you're changing weapon, how quick you move, and all that stuff. I just think none of the elements of the design mesh together in a good way. And that pissed me off. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I, I have huge, huge issues with the gameplay. Um, I basically wish that Wolfenstein 2 and the New Colossus were just a movie and not a video game. Uh, I, that, I think it gets almost nothing from being a video game, frankly, and I think that that's a huge reason to take it off of this list. Uh, the cutscenes are stupid. Yeah, nice, though. I, I agree with you, but I'll, I like the fact that it's a video game story. What I mean by that, it's like, it's crazy a video game story can be and a movie story cannot really be. No, I, I actually don't even, I think you think the craziest moment of this game where he gets his head chopped off and put on a robot body is like, not even like a, that was not even a big moment for me. Like for me, the moments in this game are going back to your, going back to your childhood home and all the cutscenes with the little girl in your neighborhood who you were like there's a black girl and you're told not to socialize with her and then you become close romantic not romantic but like you know small kid friendship with this girl and then the moment where you're um auditioning for bj blaskowitz's for the role of bj blaskowitz in hitler's performance yeah but your story what what I mean by being a video game story is BJ Blazkowicz itself is a video game character that can only exist in a video game. Of course, he is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger and whatever, but like he's very much a video game character. And the way they address that, in a way, BJ is the Nazi. They all in a way like is this blonde buff fucking dude with blue eyes that can destroy everything in its path. 
and the game talks about how the video game character is a fascist ideal in a way and the game warps that subvert that by him being a very nice person at the end of the day and having a very strong moral compass i think it could work as a movie but like it's it talks a lot in a very subtle way like not in a meta way the way near does like it talks a lot about what video games are that i think it's it works better as a video game although a very bad one for me sure great that's a stroke in its favor <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh my gosh i can't imagine cutting wolfenstein over persona 5 but i haven't played I, persona 5 it's unfair of me to, to judge this game no i'm like persona it's 5 not I, very high on my list like to be perfectly okay. frank i i yeah. just in this particular context it feels nuts i mean persona 5 i look at it and it's it's broken in big ways and it's incredible in other ways like it's adding to fight a penis monster uh is a cool thing that like no other game than fucking person if i can do and um uh, like my favorite moment of that game is basically um like futaba which is um the, the hacker girl that you meet 35 40 hour in the game like it's very light in the game uh is the first she's the first good character you're gonna get into her to change her heart, her heart and make her happy, basically, because her uh, mother committed suicide and she just can't, leave with, can't live with that, uh, with the pain of it. And you've been fighting enemies this whole game and then you meet her and you say, oh, no, she needs help. So you're going to go in her heart and change it. And it's this very touching moment. And then, like, it, it's all about the pain her mother inflicted on her life and like the shadow she cast on her life and the bus the bus of the whole dungeon is actually her mother and like that's cool stuff that plays with the jrpg stuff in very cool way but there's also like the dungeon in that game are very fucking long and when they're bad they're very bad so like you have a five hour awful dungeon to go through is bad i'm i'm gonna leave it to you then frankly like that everything you're saying except for those small narrative moments sounds unabashedly horrible to me uh i will not play any more persona 5 because even you describing it as someone who really enjoyed it it sounds bad however i have a lot of games on this list okay <laughs> so if you like persona 5 substantially more than wolfenstein 2 let's let's cut it and... I, I like persona 5 so more than wolfenstein personally i don't think i like i think jrpg are a bad genre i think most jrpg are just fucking bad gameplay wise i actually think persona 5 is pretty good okay as a game it's just too long okay uh so we cut wolfenstein and we have a top 10 i i thought um briefly we were chatting a couple days ago uh, about having really different lists Okay. hopefully not so different because looking at this list it's a pretty good list of games yeah i think or um number one and number two is probably the, the exact same for you and me so like we're not gonna argue about that i think it's three four five it's gonna be wild and the rest of it yep two people is quicker than usual i guess well it's because we're being so damn so darn accommodating <laughs> Yeah, I know, but like at the end of the day, like I knew I couldn't fight Cuphead, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We know each other too well. Yeah. Anyway. So we'll see. Uh, so let's list them really quick here. So, in no particular order, or rather in alphabetical order, Cuphead, 
Everything. Hollow Knight. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nidhogg 2. Night in the Woods. Persona 5. Resident Evil 7. Super Mario Odyssey. And Tacoma. Are apparently the 10 best games of the year. I think that's kind of fair. Oh, it's super fair. I, I, In fact, it might not be fair. This might just be, like, my list plus a handful. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I got a lot of mine, but they were all in the ballpark that I didn't care that much about. Uh, I have many games on this list. Okay. I, I don't want to spoil you, but I think, like, two of the first games we got were actually on my list. Really? Yeah. But we're probably 10 and 9, so I was just, man. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be mad. <laughs> Probably. Um, I never know exactly how we go at this. Normally, I think it's saying in which ballpark the game is, and uh, then we, we adjust uh, from there. Sure. Should we start from Cuphead and then say... Uh, what do you mean by that? What about should, we, should we start in alphabetical order, or...? No, let's start moving things around here. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. I'm just, I'm just getting... I'm just trying to okay. organize a bit here. Okay, well, to be fair, uh, Raph put Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at number one, and Night in Woods at number two, and I think we already agree on that. Yeah, and I wasn't even trying to put them at number one and number two, necessarily. I was just yeah. trying to move them out of the way, and yeah. a word auto put them at one and two here. I think we need to keep them for the end, because I think, because we avoid them so much, like, we ended up not talking about them, and it would be, like, a little bit boring. Yeah, turned out to not. But those games are going to be our two best game of the year. Probably. Yes. Okay. Ooh. How much do you like Cuphead, Ref? I like Cuphead a whole lot, although I do find it a very difficult game to argue for, because knowing, knowing you, uh, yeah. and I do, it's a hard game because I don't have any, like, narrative or philosophical or anything like that uh, hook or sort of, like, pegs to stand up on. Um, I think Cuphead is a, a, is a flawed game that stands stands up very tall despite its um its issues i don't think Cuphead has any major flaw uh except maybe the run and gun level are boring yeah they're they're in fact they're bad they're bad uh but like if you take only the bus rush part of it i don't think Cuphead has a lot of flaw my biggest problem with it though is um it's uh, it's a very difficult difficult game it's a very hard game and I think when you ask that much from the player, you need to be fucking perfect. And I don't think Cuphead is, in a way, other game in the genre. I'm thinking, obviously, Super Meat Boy, Super Hexagon, VVVV, uh, Fly Ranch, R. I don't think Cuphead stand on the shoulder uh, does better than those. That being said, it's a much better looking game for sure. And, like, and that, that's like the difference that we are going to have is that I, I think the problem with Fly Ranch VVVVV Super Meat Boy is that ultimately I didn't feel compelled to engage with them on a on a dexterity level because I didn't care. Like who cares, right? Like if I, you know, like Fly Ranch is a good game. I, I, mean, I can no. appreciate that in the abstract, but I don't need to see the last level of Fly Ranch. That, that means nothing but, to me. No, but that's because those games talk to you, as you said, like it's a very abstract way. You want to be a better person yourself. Like you want to overcome that fucking game. Not because they're going to be a cool cinematic at the end, because there's not going to be one. Like Fly Ranch has a weird poem about Dolphin. I mean, that is very fun. I have in my notes here, it is a strong, it is a fun dexterity challenge, the way you might enjoy Super Hexagon. That's literally written down in front of me right now. It's just 
that Super Hexagon I would play on the Metro, and I'd be like, oh, this is a good song. But then if I died, I would be like, I don't, that's cool. I enjoyed the song. The song's over now. Like, the so- I was still engaging with it on an aesthetic level. And then when I had felt sad, when I felt satisfied with it aesthetically, I would drop off. Cuphead is a game that is immensely challenging, but is so fruitful in its look and its visual visual efforts that I felt compelled to see it all the way through. So it, it's a game with small... I, I mean, this is it. This is me enjoying a game the way you enjoy many challenging games, where I, yeah, I got like, into it, but I felt rewarded. But the thing is, it being it... When a game... That, that's what I was saying. When a game asks you... Ask perfection from the player, I expect the game to be perfectly designed in a way Cuphead is not the same way. I think it's nine-tenths of the way there. Even if... like, And I never had an issue with it the way you did. I, I never had a big issue with it because I like I finished the game completely uh, without that many issues. Like I, I think way more than you did. Uh, the game has a dead counter at the end. Um, still, I would see those very small flaws and they would appear as glaring to me because of how much I enjoyed those kind of games and how much Cuphead, I think, is a low-tier one of those with probably, probably the coolest style of the year. But it also has, like, a cooperative mode that is very fun. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. I haven't played cooperative at all. It, it's not a... It is a harder way to play the game, but it's a fun way to play the game. And I, I think that game continues to be fun. At no point did I feel like I was not having fun with Cuphead. I, I never uh, was so frustrated that I wasn't having a good time. No, I agree. It's a fun game. It's a fun game to play. Uh, I'm being a little dismissive of it because I don't think it's as good as some game I hold in very high regard. But still, like it didn't make my list, but it was overing in the area at a certain point. Like It's still a cool game. My... The point where it breaks, and it's funny because a lot of people think it's the high point of the game. I think the King Dice bus pisses me off so much because it's five minutes long. It has a loading screen. I think I really like uh, those short, quick, very hard challenge that you can repeat a lot. I think Cuphead missed the mark with that bus a lot because like you're going through five loading screen every time you fight that bus, and it's probably the hardest bus the whole game. I think if it happened more than once, it would have bugged me. As basic, as as the ostensible final boss of that game, I think it's okay. Um, I also didn't die too many times on it. I kind of brute forced it at the end. I, I had an, I got lucky and had enough hearts to sort of take it on and, and it yeah. was okay. Um, but I agree um, that that game is at its high point when you're sort of working on a single dexterity challenge, getting good at it, yeah. solving it, and then moving on to the next one. Like, there were a lot of mornings I would wake up and beat my head against a boss for half hour, and then I would hop in the shower and go to work. Yeah, uh, and it was it was great. I mean, it's it's really having loading screen that kill kill king dies for me because like it's unacceptable in those kind of game to have to wait before restarting. So I think like three loading screen every time you fought, fought that bus was like kind of dumb to me. Uh, not that there was a technical solution to that problem the way they wanted to do the bus. Maybe when they thought about it, they thought they didn't need to have loading screen and then design it. They needed one uh, because of all the program work, but like that was too much for me. It's also stuff like some random randomization and some bus, like the Dragon uh, bus has some randomization where the platform will appear. And That bugged me more in the platforming levels than it did in the actual bosses. Yeah. Like there, there's a couple of platforming levels where I I got screwed over by the random elements and was just livid for a second. Yeah. 
that's it. Like it's not it's not no major flaw except as we said, like the red run and gun level are burning. But no major flaw is just that those very small flaw seems massive to me in a game that asks too much from its player. Not too much, but a lot from its player. So I still don't I know have, where we put God. Yeah, I, I actually have no <laughs> idea how we proceed. <laughs> this might end up taking a whole lot longer than anything else we've done so far because yep. like we've had this conversation and that's great. I still think like Cuphead is way high on this list. <laughs> nah. Okay. Um, I don't think Tacoma's gonna get high. I don't think Persona 5 is gonna get that high either. I wouldn't think Resident Evil 7 is gonna get that high either. I would put the Resident Evil... <laughs> like, you talk for a bit and I'll, I'll decide okay. when to jump in. <laughs> okay. Well, Tacoma for sure and Persona 5, I don't think we're gonna put them real high. I also don't think that Nidhogg is going to go very high. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised that I got Nidhogg on this list. Yeah, I like Nidhogg a lot. I like Nidhogg a lot too. Um, I I mean, it, it would be very funny if at the end of the day we're gonna read her personal list and Nidhogg is not on, <laughs> not on either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the case, but uh, like it's a game we both love a lot. I don't. Know, also- I don't know how much compromise I should be doing here. Uh, yeah, Nidhogg is. I think that Nidhogg is probably in the bottom. Okay. Somewhere near the bottom of this list. Okay, well, let's say... I think 10 will be Tacoma. Okay. That's fair. Maybe Nidhogg versus Persona for Hayden Mine. You like Persona more than Tacoma? Yes. Really? I like Persona a whole lot. Again, I'm not ignoring the flaw of Persona. It has, like, pretty big flaws, but, like, it's such a massive game that, like, I don't know, it's easier to ignore... A big flaw when it comes like coded with 75 hours of other stuff even if like yeah. e- even if 10 hours of that game are bad like real bad like you're still a 60 hour of it i kind of loved like i i understand that you like persona and that you like hollow knight tacoma's not on my list and i like it so much more than those games <laughs> I think Tacoma's number ten. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I'm okay with I'm okay with that. I I think like I'm I'm feeling this weird compulsion to go to bat for Tacoma. It's not on my list. I feel like Tacoma needs to move up this list above some games I think are le- lower than it. Whereas it's on mine. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Let's let's just let's just move things around a bit here. Will you? I don't know. I just. Ah, maybe not. Maybe this is... Okay, how, how much do you like Resident Evil 7? Because, like, I Resident Evil 7 is the game I fucking respect and I'm not gonna finish ever because, like, it's gonna kill me. Like, that game's gonna kill me one day. It's gonna show up somewhere and just, like, put a knife <laughs> in my fucking face. I can't... I, like, I don't know, listener, how much they know me, but, like, I, I can't do horror game at all. And I think the worst thing in our game for me is being stalked by something that you can't kill, basically. So the Outlast shit and the Amnesia shit, I think Resident Evil 7 actually does that maybe better than Outlast in a way. Uh, the little I played of Outlast, oh, because yeah, I never think. Uh, I think the only game in its, in its kind that is better than Resident Evil 7 is um, 
maybe well and and it depends on who you are as as a player uh is alien isolation right i think it's better than everything else everything else like it uh that's it so i played three hours of resident evil 7 a little no i played 30 minutes like a week ago I, I might eventually finish it from 30 minutes. Like, I might finish it in 2020 after <laughs> 30 minutes from time to time. But, uh, and I understand that game's supposed to get less scary, so maybe it's going to click eventually and I'm going to be able to go through it after. Um, but that part in the house, it took me everything to get there. Like, I, I ended up killing the father, which is the first big boss, but, like, it really took me a lot to yeah, get that, past that. that game gets less scary with every hour you put into it. Yeah, maybe. But like the, the 30 minutes I played recently was going out of the house and going in the marsh and all that stuff. And even that, like I'm just expecting some shit to fucking happen. And yeah, but now you're fighting like bugs. bugs yeah, the bugs. Are scary. I know the bugs are not a problem, but like I don't know. I know the next boss is the mother, but I don't know when she's going to appear. I don't know when she's going to appear. And like every corner I turn, I'm like, oh, she's going to be, it's going to be the one. It's going to be that fucking corner. She has one, and it's way later. It's way past where you are. She has one really good jump scare. Like just, it's, it really hits. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a jump scary jump scare. Just, just for the anecdote, I said like I finish the first part of uh, Resident Evil, but like really I didn't put myself through it really because I would play with the sound very low <laughs> sometimes with the po- it's not a podcast game but sometimes with a podcast so I just didn't hear what the fuck was going on in the game because it scared me too much and sometimes I would just look at a walkthrough to see if there was a jump scare in the door like in the door after so so um I, I think Alien Isolation is a much scarier game however playing Resident Evil 7 in VR uh I was legitimately frightened at certain points. Um, so I, I played that game in VR, and for a lot of it, um, in order to increase the immersion of the VR, I would play the game standing. And uh, there were a couple of moments where I became so frightened that I I needed to sit down. Because once you're sitting down, you feel like, like you'd feel the chair that you're sitting in, and then that, that is able to like create this separation yeah. where you know you're playing a video game because uh, because otherwise i would sort of imagine like oh my god something is behind me something's about to grab me something's going to touch me that sounds like something crazy people do it was very scary have i ever told you i'm sure i have but uh in the the vr quote-unquote demo for that game which is a section that's not in the game you're strapped into a chair in vr yeah and you see like you see this creepy uh the ring-esque girl sort of like crawling towards you and then she comes up behind you, and you hear her coming up behind you, and she just puts her eyes over your or her hands over your eyes. It's uh, it's awful. <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean, for I, I don't think it's scary in a way that stays with you. Like it doesn't. No, no. It, it's just spooky, out of horror game like that boo you from time to time, but still, uh, for a while when I bought the game, I was like, oh, I'm gonna play thirty minutes every day. I'm going to finish it eventually that way. And it fucked me up for a whole week because like every morning I would wake up and I was like, man, it's the 30 minute Resident <laughs> Evil time. And I was like, I don't want, I don't fucking want to do this. That's and, the wrong way to go. Cause if you put in two hours, 
by by the end of the two hours, nothing's going to scare you because you're in video game. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, and uh, maybe drinking alcohol would have helped me because like I finish until dawn being drunk and I had no problem with that until dawn is obviously not as fucking scary as Resident Evil Seven is, but still I'm getting I'm someone that gets scared very easily, but um, I, I just can't. I might finish it eventually, but like I just can't. Uh, do you really love it in a way that you're going to fight for it to have it super high, or is it the kind of game that's not going to get that high? Uh, Resident Evil 7 is uh, very, very high on my list of video games okay. this year. That's fair. I respect it. I, I, I legitimately think it's one of the best constructed video games of 2017. Yeah, that's, it. That, that's why I respect it. I, the, I think the level design is very good yeah. uh, in a very uh, Dark Souls way, kind of. Yeah, I like totally. It, it has it has a legitimate once you leave that house and you realize like oh this sort of has like a almost sorry uh, almost like n64 ps1 era world map and you're gonna yeah. work off into different sections like that was a very cool moment i wasn't expecting that game to have but like um, also going out of the house there's still door in the house that i can't open and i'm like expecting to come from a basement somewhere and just like open a door and be in the house and yeah, like great shortcuts dark souls-esque it's yeah like a good amount of backtracking it still is fun it's yeah i, I think it's a uh, su- superb video game okay i can respect that uh nidhogg 2 nidhogg 2 i love nidhogg 2 Nidhogg 2 is not a top of the list game. No, obviously not. I can be... I can, I, I can compromise. I can put Nidhogg 2 at number 9. Okay. If we do that, I could compromise with Persona 5 at number 8. Okay. That makes sense? What if, once we put those two down there at 8 and 9, what if then we move Nidhogg up a spot? And Persona no. down a spot? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nidhogg 2... Nidhogg 2 has legs. Like, I, legs in a way I wasn't expecting it to. Like, I get very frustrated with with the first Nidhogg, I would get just like I'd have fun until I was tired of it. Uh, I feel like I can play Nidhogg 2 for a very long time and it still be fun. And I, 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 there are still levels in it that I sort of feel like new to that. I, I just think it has way more complexity while maintaining its simplicity. And it's, it's just, uh, it's basically the same game, but what the design around is much way, better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, you know what? I, I do think that, like, the upgrading the visuals, and I, I know there's a lot of people with a lot of complaints about the visuals, but I think they do give it that extra oomph that makes it... Um, yeah. Just gives it more su- sustainability. I'm someone that really liked the original visuals. I, a lot of people like them, too, but I like the style of Mesa. He did the same thing with Fly Ranch, which is, like, a natural game that is basically about to crash, I feel. Yeah. Uh, I really like that style, but I think the visual in it like two are super cool and gross and like crazy in a way that makes the game just more fun. Yeah. Um, it, it, the only weird thing, the only like Nidhogg one felt a little bit like this beautiful game that was uh, I don't know, like aristocratic in a way, <laughs> like eyebrow, like it was an eyebrow versus game in a way, whereas Nidhogg two looks like fucking trash. Not in a bad way, but like it, it looks disgusting in a good way. Uh, Isn't it funny? Like Nidhogg two, Nidhogg one. I, I know exactly what you mean when you say that it was this highbrow indie versus game, and yet Nidhogg two feels like such a Super Nintendo game. Like it feels like such a gem hidden that you can still dig up and everybody still likes. And 
I don't know, yeah. gross in the way that like a clay fighter was or something. That yeah, but like good, <laughs> like fucking clay fighter. Uh, yeah, I think the two is great, but like it's even a surprise that it's on this list. So I, I can't remember that if we. I don't think we did put Jackbox on our list last last year. On, on my Jackbox was on my personal list last year, and I think Dog Two kind of like Jackbox is like I'm so happy that they made another one that was yeah. good enough to reward. Yeah. say like this is one of the best games of the year you you did it again and it's also no it's a crowded genre in a way it wasn't like when the first Snedog came out yeah. uh, because like I have my party game I have my versus game and like that Snedog 2 can come and obviously it's a sequel of uh, one that already exists but like they can come and replace the uh, the original Snedog is pretty big feat because like it's it was already a very good game okay we have right now at number one, The Legend of Zelda. At number two, Night in the Woods. Then we have a bunch of blank spaces. Yeah. And then at the bottom of the list, we have Persona 5, Nidhogg 2, and Tacoma. Personally, if I had to choose the number seven, it would be Cuphead. Talk to me about Hollow Knight. It's such a hard game to talk about. Because I, <laughs> we talked a lot about that game. I know you don't like it at all. Uh for me, Hollow Knight was the most interesting Metroidvania I've ever made since probably Symphony of the Night. Even if it doesn't play... Goodness gracious, Olivier. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's the most interesting 2D Metroidvania world I ever played because it gets... Like, it's very much inspired by Dark Souls, but it gets the good stuff and change enough stuff around it to become its own game. Like, it's not like a Salt and Sanctuary thing. That's just like a fucking 2D Dark Souls film. Uh, and it's a game that has moments made uh, possible by the world building. Like I told you, maybe I told you about that one, but like the first time you get in the city and you're in a building and it's raining outside and the old game takes place on the ground and you're like, why the fuck it's raining outside? And you meet character there and one's going to say the exact same thing. Why the fuck it's raining outside? And much later in the game, you get over the city and it's just a big lake. The area there is just a big lake uh, that's peering through the ground and making it rain in the city. And it's just this very cool moment. And then some of the characters you met in the city that were talking about the rain, you end up meeting them again in the lake and just... Like, it creates moments with this world like that that are great. Uh, there's multiple I told you about. There's uh, this one character that you need to save every time you see him, that every time you save him, it tells you you're kind of a dick. He, he was fine. He's a big fighter and he needs no help. And you end up fighting him in the collision that you find later. And he's like a total pushover. He's probably the easiest enemy of the game. And it's just a very funny bit. Like the game has side quests that way that are organic. They're not like side quests that are added to your journal. It's just you're going to meet character along the way. And depending on the order you meet them or depending on where you meet them or not, like it's going to change state of the world and you're going to meet them later. And that's super cool. As a Metroidvania, I like that it's not once a gone path. I replayed Ori after finishing. I finished Hollow Knight twice because I'm crazy, I guess. I replayed Ori after finishing Hollow uh, Knight, and Ori could be like could be a linear game. You're just getting from point to point to point and like getting from objective to objective. Whereas Hollow Knight asks you to explore its world that opens up after a little while and you don't have just one path to go the same way. 
I think you'll need a, the Castlevania Metroidvania game would do that because all of their Metroidvania I can think of have only one critical path and you need to break the game to go around that whereas Alone Knight has multiple critical paths and depending which one you go to you're going to meet different character which is cool you don't need all upgrade to finish the game which make in turns that scourging for upgrade you're gonna net you're gonna win stuff that is more interesting than just a health upgrade or like a magic upgrade it's gonna you're gonna unlock new move by exploring the secrets are new stuff that are cool to find and not just another fucking health upgrade which i think is a thing game mess up a bunch uh yeah what about the part where the whole game looks exactly the same from start to finish it doesn't it's not the best looking game out there but i think it's consistent uh it's blue other times brown (laughs) there there's a pink area uh but the pink area yeah but most of it is very muted and like later there's a gray area and a grayer one uh i can agree with that but i think it the, the the beginning of that game is probably the worst bit of it. I mean, uh, I'll, you know, I didn't. I don't know. I think I I think I played about half of it. No, that game you played maybe a quarter, maybe less. It's a very it's very big, and like you get the impression that you're there, but like it gets bigger all the time. That world is, is it? uh twenty hours minimum. I have to have been halfway through. I, I finished the the like abandoned castle area and then i like i had done i was in the sewers yeah i was only a quarter uh maybe a third wow i i enjoyed much of that game every single time i died i wanted to turn the whole game off yeah that that, that game's biggest problem is that it it, it wants to be a dark souls game and i think it gains nothing from it i I don't like the dark souls die and repeat that much that being said uh maybe that's because you wanted to finish that game and you didn't explore as much as i did but it has way more shortcuts than a dark souls has in a way that sometimes most bosses you can go it's two screen away from the save point like you can I, I get there very quickly. Really but I mean, I found yeah. bosses fun. Mm. I found basically nothing else in that game fun. Like really, really, I was playing from moment to moment to try and get okay. the, to try and get to the save points, try and get to the bosses. Like fighting enemies was was just so tedious. Like you know how in Dark Souls you can just kind of like run past everything. Yeah, Hulk and you can't. doesn't have that luck. No, you you you, you can everything, and it's the you worst. you can do that, and I can see the problem with that. The exploration. <laughs> I really like the exploration. I see the combat. I think the combat is very well-tuned, but there's maybe a little bit too much of it in the world. Because, like, at the end, like, for as much, it doesn't feel as great as an Ori. It's very precise. Because, like, at the end of the game, if you want to do the 100% run, which I ended up doing, it has a very super meat boy hard platforming challenge and a very... Dark Souls hard combat challenge that you can unlock at the end, and I finished and then I finished those two like no problem. I was very good with the control and everything. That being said, it doesn't immediately feel as good as an Ori does. Like just moving around itself because it's so slow. Yeah, no, or- Ori. Yeah. Is, Ori solves a lot of problems with that genre. <laughs> I mean, 
if you wait backtracking, you're going to hate that fucking game because like it's unlike other Metroidvania, it doesn't tell you where to go, which means a lot of it is looking at the map and saying, oh, maybe I can go there now. And sometimes you're wrong. So like there's a lot of backtracking around. Do you really love or uh... I, I really fucking love Hollow Knight. I don't think it's perfect. I agree with you that main like the main combat is a little bit too mindless for how much they ask you to do it. By how far you get into the game, like you get unlocks that makes it easier and quicker, but like it never gets away. What I like about that game is just how much it, even the collectible have a story behind them, which is cool. Even like the fast travel thing have a story behind them. How much the world is cool. I don't think it's a great story itself. It's just how much I was always curious of what I would find in this world. Whereas all the other Metroidvania I can think of, I just know exactly what to expect from them like when i play shadow complex like i know it's going to be health upgrade it's going to be missile upgrade i know it's going to be the next upgrade is going to be the fucking double jump and then the next upgrade is going to be whatever it's always in those games but i feel like at least ori has like lavish visuals to look forward to like there will be exciting chase scenes that are cool to look at and fun platforming challenges whereas like hollow knight i the coolest thing in Hollow Knight for me was those fast travel points. Like that was, yeah. that was to me like best case scenario. I find a fast travel point and I can spend uh, this time tra- like backtracking. I mean, I can see that. Like, I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think Ori and both are Metroidvania, but I think Hollow Knight's going to talk to people that like exploration, whereas Ori is more like just a straight platformer uh, in a way. That is very the story of Ori. It's very pretty, but that's it. Like. But I still had a lot of fun. Like, I, I would like to think that what I enjoy about those games is the exploration. I just found Hollow Knight so... Like, I'd get to a new area, and I'd be like, yeah, this looks just like the other area. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to brute force this section. Man. Just, like, completely different experiences on this game. Uh, Hollow yeah, Knight I know. Was good. I, I just didn't think it was... Like, like, like for me, I, I came to Dark Souls after everybody, I guess, in a way. But, like, I really loved the Dark Souls game, and Hollow Knight gave me that... Playing Hollow Knight made me go back to Dark Souls 3 because it was the Dark Souls game I didn't finish and I finished Hollow Knight and I was like, I need more of that and it was Dark Souls 3. Like, what I'm saying about the side quest in Hollow Knight being that way, like, Dark Souls does the same thing. You're going to meet character along the way and, like, it's not going to be discrete side quests that, like, appear in the journal. It's just going to be depending on where you are at any moment. Like, there's stuff that's going to change in the world and you're not even going to realize it. And I think that's super fucking cool. I think I agree that the world has a samey look to it, but, like, it's kind of consistent in a way that I like. In Dark Souls, sometimes you fight a boss, and, like, in Dark Souls 3, like, when you fight that giant tree boss, you start yeah. to fight him, and then the ball, the, the, the floor falls out from underneath you and you fall through it. Like, I think cool things happen. Yeah, but in Hollow Knight, there's a bit... There's an area you can enter in. Uh, you can enter it by being in another area and walking onto the ground and the ground falls. And you get in this big pit where the ground is just dead bugs and you're walking on dead bugs and it's very dark. You can see fucking shit. And like it's very oppressive and very scary. Like it does those moments too. And you, you didn't get to that one, but like... That area itself, like, is just so fucking moody, and uh, there's two bus in it, and one is just you're gonna walk around, and you're gonna, just like for a split second, you're gonna see another knight that looks exactly like you walk in another corridor or something, and you end up, like, fighting this basically spy, like, it's 
it's you, but then you transform in a big scary spider. And there's another moment in this area where you get to a save point and there's a lot of people around that you can talk to and they don't say much, like it's just dot 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 or just like monosyllable. And when you um, sit on the save point, like this big web comes on you and you're stuck on the save point and all the people that were there just like start slow slowly walking to you and basically they're a fucking big spider and whatever but like it has moment and it plays with what you expect from the game because like even the save point is maybe not a safe bit uh and like even if you think you're going straight into that direction maybe the ground's gonna fall and something will happen that sounds really good when you when you, you describe it. You didn't get there, though, but like, it, I mean, I think... The idea of going back to Hollow Knight is like... Uh, no, that's it. I, I, I just, I, I can imagine myself booting up that game and just being angry. What I was going to say, it's also unfair to say, like, even with those moments that I have in mind, you wouldn't change your mind about the game. You would probably think, oh, that moment is very cool, but like the whole game as a whole is not great for me like it's unfair for me to say oh you play only five hours of it it's not enough because like yes five hours of it is enough to get what's going on there i think the city is basically the first the bit where it really opens uh because also like all the music work in the city that the music change wherever you are in the place and i think that's cool but like hated that city so much not really. I just hated it. Like that was the moment where I was like, "Oh my god, this is even worse than the last area." And the the rain going on the it's the glass. Pretty. Like it's it's prettier than anything else, but yeah. like just like short narrow corridors where you have to fight big yeah okay big bug things and and you kill one and it was like, "Oh, that was fun," and then you got to fight another one and I just was like, "No, no, are you kidding? Another one? I just yeah. killed one." <laughs> There's a lot. I, I see that problem. I mean, I ask you to be patient a little bit too much. I do agree with you that there's too much of the regular boring combat in it. I think the combat actually, actually plays pretty well, but like it's only good when you're fighting bosses because like the, the main encounter are not interesting enough to uh, sustain it. So I do agree. Like the, the thing that was keeping me going was just what was around the next corner what was the area going there but like uh, i was patient with the combat i wasn't enjoying it i have a question for you yep you like hollow knight more than cuphead this i know i, I do a lot do you like hollow knight more than everything i do yeah. but i like everything more than cuphead well i mean i like everything more than hollow knight <laughs> so, that's fair so I, structurally <laughs> do we would we rather have everything above cup night a cuphead and hollow knight or uh, cuphead yeah hollow yeah knight. i'm okay with that so, i think i think hollow knight and cuphead are six seven maybe okay that's fair and then everything at five uh resident evil five seven at five mm. i think resident evil seven got way fucking up there for a game i don't i i mean i love but like it's not on my top 10. I cannot put that game on my top 10. I mean, most affecting game of the year is probably top 3. <laughs> like, fuck that fucking game. <laughs> oh, I love Resident Evil 7. I'm just thinking. I'm looking at the list. I'm thinking. Okay. Do you like... I, I love Super Mario DC. Do you like it that much? Uh, I do. Okay. I, I, I feel very conflicted about Mario Odyssey because, like, it's obviously a top 5 game. Uh, obviously, it's it's superb. It's fantastic. It, there's there's it's hard to criticize. Uh, I think at the same time, it's probably the worst Mario game 
in a very long time. What? I I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's not better than 3D World or 3D Land. It's way better than those two. Mm, no, it's, I don't think so. <laughs> it's miles better. I, I think my only criticism against uh, Super Mario Odyssey is that it's not Galaxy. Like, Galaxy is the real thing. Super Mario Odyssey is amazing, but, like, it's not as great as Galaxy 1 and 2. I think it's, it's the worst 3D Mario game. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. I forgot that Sunshine even existed. Okay, thank uh, you. I was about it's to. It's better than Sunshine. <laughs> Okay. But like, and as great as it is, and I mean, and that's it is it hangs out with the best best games ever by virtue of being a Mario game. But I don't think it's better than 3D World. I don't think it's better than 3D Land. I don't think it's better than 64. I don't think it's better than either Galaxy. I mean, it's not better than 64. Obviously, it's better now, but like not at the time. I think it's way more interesting than 3D World and 3D Land. Where I, I think it it asks you to start and stop a lot, and then, like it's great. I I again, I'm saying all this. I feel like I sound so cynical about it. It's a superb video game. It's superb. I, I just I don't like it as much as the past handful of okay. games. It's crazy to me. I, I just thought 3D World was a cool platformer with no fucking surprises. It was a very fun game that it's, like it's just that like 3D World does more interesting stuff visually and musically and it's very fun to play. It's way harder. It's way harder. And it's harder. When when Odyssey is hard, it's really annoying. I actually kinda hate when Odyssey yeah. gets hard. Uh, it's uh, an incredible game in that it controls immaculately. Uh, yeah. It's top five for me. I mean, it's top five for me. I finished Super Mario DC. I got all the fucking moon. And I was like, I need to play more of that fucking game. To be fair, I just want to be clear. I wasn't working at the time, <laughs> which makes it like a lot easier. Same thing for Persona. I don't think I would have finished. If I had worked this whole year, Persona wouldn't be in my top 10 because I would not have finished it. And that would have been an easier conversation, I guess. Um, I, well, we agree. At the end of the day, we agree at the game. I'm not going to argue with you. It's a better game than 3 Land because... First off, it is, and it's like only because 3D Man's not there. Uh, so I guess <laughs> it's just underwhelming that like I I love the city the most. It's weird to me that like that's the best level by leaps and bounds, and I don't think any of the other levels sort of like match its creativity. I like the Mexican place a ton. The, the... Uh, there's so much like running around between nothing. You know? But you have uh, the, the big jaguar thing yeah. to run around. I, I wish there was more platforming in it. Like, I, my favorite part of Odyssey is um, after you finish the game, when you have those stone pipes. Like, and you just right. have those one-off, like, very quick, right. short platforming challenges. Like, I find that stuff really fun. I, I just got 500 stars last night and tried that hard level. Yeah. And I didn't realize you were only going to have, like, one life, and it was going to pitch you all the way back to the beginning. And I just wanted to throw the switch across the room. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You can die and just go back to the beginning. It made me so uh, th th Those two fucking things. Uh, I think... They, uh, we're talking about the dark and the dark side of the moon and the darker side of the moon. I think the darker side is actually interesting because it's a cool platformer level, but like it's too hard for the reason. The reason is basically there's no fucking checkpoint. Yeah, the reason is uh, that's hard is that there's no checkpoint. Yeah, I, I think those two doesn't have that problem. 3D World gets really hard, and it yeah, doesn't, but like it doesn't. It's not cheap the way. But that's life, though. It doesn't matter though. It just doesn't. No, I did. I. I 
I remember getting at the end of 3D World and having like a hundred life because the game is painfully easy. And then you unlock the hard level and then losing 50 on one and maybe 50 on the other. And like losing my checkpoint because I lost 50 life on the second one. I was like, man, fuck that fucking shit. But it was fun. I never. It was fun too. I I like Odyssey. I, yeah. yeah. You know what? And I actually. I'm going to say, I'm just, Odyssey gets to be high just because of that song and that <laughs> that moment right. where she's singing you put the band together and you and i went back to 3d land this year i actually didn't remember that but they don't control the same like 3d land and odyssey don't have i felt that they had the same control scheme but they don't and i prefer the control scheme of 3d of uh, odyssey than 3d land odyssey controls better but i think the level design is just better in 3d world i don't think so I, it's the, I actually don't think the puzzles are that great in 3D World. And I hate structurally that they unlock so much more after the fact because it's yeah. actually just confusing because you sort of yeah. feel like you're exploring every nook and cranny and then when you're revisiting it, you just have to re-explore every nook and cranny. Yeah. So I, it, it's I, confused me. I, I can see that. I understand why they did it because some of the moons would be spoiler for stuff that happened later, I guess. Yeah. But still, it's not a very good reason to do that. Um, yeah, I, I had but, issues with it anyway. I, I love it. it. It's not a perfect game. I'm, we're arguing. We're not even arguing against the three D lens on that list anyway. So that's it. I just mean in terms of it, it's like relative to other Mario games, right? Do you like it more than everything? We both like Odyssey more than everything. Yes. It would be silly to have everything above Odyssey. I mean, I like everything a lot. Uh, me too, but we both like it more than everything. Right. Um, I I really think right now seven six is Cuphead and an all night. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, seven six is so six is Cuphead. <laughs> no. Ooh. I mean, we can argue about that. And I think five has to be like Resident Evil seven. It's not gonna get higher than it would be. That game's not even on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> you think that everything is better than Resident Evil 7 yeah everything is extremely good I really love everything yeah uh, everything is maybe not the game I played the most this year I played maybe myself an hour of it and I watched it for like two hours when I was at your home and it was playing in the background for two hours uh but like like a plug and play that I just played for 30 minutes it's a game that's gonna stay and I'm gonna think about a lot uh, I also put that game so I'm writing for a movie website and I put that game in my top movie thing of the year because it got nominated not nominated but it it could be nominated for an Oscar so like it kind of fucked up everything in movie history and I kind of like it about I kind of like that about that game I mean, it's not perfect in a way. It's kind of shadow, uh, but still, for what it does. I mean, everything is is fantastic. Like, I, I sort of, I always struggle to articulate to people who don't play video games how, like, I guess, like the best example I can come up with is the fact that, like, you know, people who really like movies will enjoy like indie cinema or like auteur cinema even though it is more flawed than Hollywood, like, blockbuster stuff, right? Like, Hollywood blockbuster right. stuff tries to polish out everything. 
and video games, no matter how hard you try, are always going to have jankiness and, like, player authorship, and it's always going to cause problems and make them weird. Like, everything embraces that in such a strong way uh, that it's, like, so pretentious, and and yet it's completely busted and wrong and off, and I love it for that. Yeah, and it's pretentious in a fun way. Like, it's not pretentious in a, oh, you don't understand my fucking game. It's like, oh, let's let's talk about fucking philosophy yeah. for like two hours and do dumb joke also but like talk about philosophy it's not pretentious the way people criticize the witness is pretentious i think i mean when uh, anna walked in and watched me watching everything she was like oh obviously this is your favorite game ever right <laughs> like, yep i love it and i think that autoplay is one of the smartest things yeah i i, I mean it's why it won an award for movie making this year. <laughs> but I realized like with that autoplay that I wish that every single game had an autoplay. I wish yeah, every video game ever you could just hit autoplay and it would just like bang its head against the game and like eventually would finish itself. <laughs> like Yeah, like a kind of Twitch plays video game. Sure, yeah. But like with an AI. Um like, it's you also turn on like autoplay Assassin's Creed Origins and just like it does some towers, it does some yeah. side quests, eventually it finishes itself, it just keeps going. <laughs> I love it. I wish that all game had that, but also as a clicker. Like let's say in Assassin's Creed Origin your character will walk very slowly and gain points as he walk or something, and you could like add points to his walking speed and stuff. <laughs> Every game would be an idle clicker or whatever. Uh, anyway. I showed everything to a lot of people too this year. Uh, people that don't fucking care about video game, but are into cinema the same way I was, and like just showed them. It's easy because David already worked on her. Say, so, oh, that guy worked on her. I just want to show you his new stuff. Like it's gonna take ten minutes, and it, add an exclamation, add an expression every time. Like some people don't like it, but like everybody had something to say about it. So when you finish the tutorial, there's a cutscene where like your little white dot blasts through the world and then there's like it starts a new galaxy that has like carrots and snowman dancing around it and stuff and it zooms out and zooms out and it's it's silly and funny and then you unlock documentary mode which lets you like just click r1 and l1 to cycle through different items in the world and it'll give you a wikipedia description and right. like, links to wikipedia <laughs> like this is shoe <laughs> shoes are things you wear on your feet <laughs> amazing it, it's our kind of fucking game like it's yeah. the kind of fucking game that don't get on any other top and me and rap are like <laughs> gushing about it like it's the best thing ever made it's so good. <laughs> i i seriously i i felt incredible playing everything yep everything made me really happy i actually don't know where we're going we're just yeah, talking about yeah it's great about how everything is so good what was that quote oh i that's right i was a table yeah for a bit I just want give me a minute. Um, just want to name drop. What's his name? Oh, fuck. It's Alan Watts, I think. The philosopher is it? I'm not sure. Man, we're we're not making a great case for us being intellectual people right now. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, we both looked him up independently. Oh, everything. Um... So I put yeah, I put Cuphead at seven and Night at six. I guess we can argue which one is actually the best, the better one. If you really want to argue, I, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't yeah. really matter. I don't know if I have a fight in me <laughs> for it. I uh, I just don't like Hollow Knight. Yeah, I just don't like Cuphead that much. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this is it. So it's sort of... It's also a case, like, they're not that similar of a game. They're just both are 2D side-scroller, but, like, at the end of the day, Cuphead is a style game. And, like, I would agree Cuphead looks better than Unknown Knight, for sure. But yeah, I mean, uh, that's the problem, is that I actually don't think there's very much that you can say about Cuphead. I, I sort of feel like Cuphead and Uncharted, I had a weird time placing on my list, because both of them, I sort of feel like the arguments are very weak, but I think right. they were exceptional at the end of the day. You know, like, the I mean, parts was very high. At the, end of, at the end of the day, I... I you probably thought I hated Cuphead way more because I was baffled by how people loved it um, that much. Because, like, for me, uh, for me, those games already existed and existed better than this one. So I was kind of annoyed that, like, Cuphead got big in a way. Um, oh, but it's <laughs> obvious why, and it deserves... No, I know, but, like, it kind of... It kind of annoyed me in a way that, like, people... At the end of the day, people play Cuphead for the look way more than the game because if they were playing it for the game there's better of that thing out there there are better looking games out there if cuphead was not a good game it would be as successful as it is but it is a very good game yeah but design wise i think there's better of that out there i'm gonna let you have hollow knight because i think i have more games on this list than you do so okay you have your hollow knight a little bit higher. you probably have and resident evil 7 won't get higher than this because like it's not on my list resident evil 7's better than both of the other games here uh <laughs> problems i think it might be but like it's kind of it's kind of weird resident evil 7 is incredibly well constructed it's well constructed and like is willing to have unique moments in a way that few other like or that that only super polished games are like i like to go back to i remember the moment playing mass effect 2 where at the end of the game you control um where you control the pilot i can't remember the pilot's name the joker where you control the joker and all the reapers are aboard the ship and you control joker and it's it's this moment like right towards the end of the game but i had this moment where you're controlling someone else, and it's this very unique situation that they built for a narrative purpose that has it's not inside the systems of the game. Spoil it for me. Go, go for it. No, no, but that's it. I mean, you've played it. You've played Mass Effect. This is all. All that no, I'm saying I, is that Resident Evil mean... is packed full of moments like that that are okay, okay. and are interesting, and you can tell that they've looked at their package and thought, ah, this is good, but it needs a section right here, or oh, it needs a little bit of this, and it's polished and. And not I like, polished like mechanically, but polished structurally. I like I like the tapes a lot as an idea. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, basically. But like we were talking about how uh, what remains of Aided Finch is just a bunch of IDs, whereas like Resident Evil Seven can be this whole game that is very consistent and has like one gameplay loop, and then add with the tapes a bunch of like random IDs that way. And there, there are think, sections of that game. I'm sure you've heard about the um, the full blown escape room section. There, there's a moment in the third act of that game where you're playing a saw mini game, and there's no shooting because you've been trapped in this area. Okay. You're just you're in this very tight, narrow section where you're just solving little puzzles and trying to make your trying to get out. And it's just great, and it's like really well done, and it's willing to like drop the action for an hour while you do, or maybe an hour is an exaggeration, but. I feel like that game has a lot of moments where you're not killing things. And then it'll give you this power fantasy section. Like, a lot of people hate those slug monsters. And I didn't think they were that bad, personally. They're, like, not, they're not great, but they're little power fantasy moments that pace out the the really harrowing 
um, scary sections or more interesting sections, I guess. And I, I thought the balance there was excellent. Does it get, like, I've heard criticism that it gets kind of worse as it goes. The last act of that game is kind of crummy. There's okay. actually, like, I was talking about one of the better jump scares with the mom. There, there's, like, a last boss of that game where you fight the mom, and it's amazing. And then the game kind of keeps going, and you're sort of surprised. Like, it feels like you fight the last boss, and then there's a whole, you know, there's, like, two or three more hours that sort of feel All right. That's kind of... Um, it's, not a, it's not a whole fucking half. Like, it's just, like, the last two hours are not that great. You, you basically escape that whole area, and then there's this weird section on a boat where it opens up a whole new kind of pseudo area then the boat has three floors and you're unlocking shortcuts within those floors but they're it's just like not as interesting because it's a boat so it all looks the same right um it's not again it's not bad it's just like clearly not as good as the rest of it okay and what does the we're spoiling it but what does the grandma end up doing oh the grandma oh criminy the grandma is the little girl in the family Okay. And she's been kind of like kept alive by the virus, and okay, it's not, it's not, it's not the interesting. Okay. The game is not interesting at all. Okay, the story is pretty bad. In fact, like when it starts getting more supernatural, when it started getting more supernatural, I got really fearful about Resident Evil Eight because I was right. kind of like, whoa, 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 don't do more of this. This stuff is bad. I just liked the weird Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Like, just keep it at that. You don't need to explain any of it. Just they're yeah, they're monstrous uh, people, and they chase you stop it. I mean that that might be the problem of it being a Resident Evil game and not just like a straight horror game um, I just thought the grandma as a an ID was very cool as a gameplay thing it's not it's not that big of a gameplay thing but basically you're just gonna explore the house and the grandma is gonna be there from time to time and she doesn't do anything she's just on her fucking chair and like sleeps yeah and she, they do uh, really great stuff with her with like um, with line of sight where right. you sort of like look up a staircase and you won't see her because she's a little bit shorter and then you'll walk up the staircase and she's just kind of there and it's yeah. super and, fun. Uh, after I killed the father, I was just scoring the house, like looking for the stuff I had missed and I managed to get a jump scare from the fucking grandma because like, I, I turned a corner and she was there where she wasn't her there before and I think that's great. I also think it's a fucking stupid game that I fucking hate. <laughs> Oh, it's built with so much love. The level design is so strong. It's, and I mean, you know, and for me, it's a, you know, I, I, I hate to rely on this, but like I played it in VR and I, it was. It's the only good AAA VR game that exists. As far as I know, but I mean, it was yeah. like, I've, I've, I've told you this before. I've told a lot of people this before, but you know, when you have a dream and you imagine yourself in a friend's house and you sort of like vividly recall the friend's house and the whole scenario of your dream takes place in another home that you've been in Resident Evil 7 playing it in VR has become this like legitimate space that I vividly remember I can imagine where the every single room is still and that's because of the scale of VR and it was really you know it was I don't want to say like life changing but it was very impactful for me as a VR experience I've never done anything like it I guess It, it was really unique in that way for me Okay, I, I could see. I respect Resident Evil Seven enough that I'm happy it's it. It's there. Like from all the game that were on my list, it was the one I was gonna, I was gonna go to bat for because I think it's worth it. Like I respect that. It's just not the game for me. Yeah. Because I can't, and I I I kind of hate myself that I can't in a way because I would like to finish that game, uh, which might happen or not. 
eventually. So I could see Resident Evil being number four and everything being number five. And then Odyssey number three. Yeah. I can see all this. Like, I mean, this is... I, I have a very good representation of this list. We're going to go with that? I'm game with that. I really Happy. struggled with where to put Odyssey on my list. Right. Um, anyway, you, you'll see. It's the highest boring game on my list, I think. I like Odyssey a lot. I played so much of it that I couldn't put it lower, and I still think very highly of it, but also I do see it as more... It's more expected in a way that The Gen of Zelda is not. I mean, I feel like it, it sort of occupies not a wildly different space than Uncharted does on my list, where I sort of feel like, yeah, it's magnificent, but it's just not... There's very little to say about it. Like, you... Even if you haven't played games in the past decade, if I said, oh, there's a new 3D Mario game, you almost definitely know exactly. And I, that's sort of a knock against it, even though it's superb. It's incredibly well-built. And does nostalgia better than any other game, I think. Like, for a game being so nostalgic about its own fucking history, it's not... It's pandering, but, like, in a fun way. Like, it never, it never got annoying to me. I think the couple of moments are big. Night in the Woods is so good. Yeah, it's kind of weird to talk about it because like the fun of having um, of having to argue about the game is like it give me the time to do a whole monologue about why Hollow Knight is that great, whereas like we agree, Night in the Woods is probably super great. I frankly think I never ever expected there to be anything that could potentially challenge Breath of the Wild for the game of the year. I think Night in the Woods is fucking brilliant front to back i love it so i love this game so hard i i just thought it was magnificent and you were talking about game you can show people or let people play and it's a very easy game to get around like i i showed that game you you know the taylor swift story with man in the woods okay i show one of my friends which is a very uh, ironic taylor swift fan i would say uh i'd seen the commercial and i showed her man in the wood and she made the the the, the the realization and uh, showed her just a little of the game and she's not a gamer at all and thought the game was super cool and was very invested in the story and just because she doesn't have a PlayStation she won't play it but like it's a, it's the kind of game you can show to anybody and they can enjoy and understand I think it speaks a lot to generation to different generation but like I could show that game to my father and I think he'd like it too so like I, I just can't I have a hard time believing how good it is um, I think it's the best written video game of all time like I, I would have said before that it was Portal 2 maybe and I think Portal 2's writing is different because it's more video game specific but Night in the Woods is I like I mean this is I love games more than any other medium but like I feel like Night in the Woods is almost too good for games like it's yeah. it, it could be a book it could be a movie it could be, yeah, I, it could be anything it wanted to be it's I magnificent I can see that, and there's something to be said about the fact that most story game these days, and it's not a knock against them, but like most story game are two hours these days. Like that game is long, pretty long. Like it's a ten hour thing, and it sustains it. Uh, I have a little bit of issues with the ending, but still, I don't think I don't think it's bad in any mean. I, there's some stuff I'm not fan of, but I still think the ending's great. I, I really like the. Um, the very ending. Uh, the, I played it in the beginning of the year, so I don't remember exactly. That the very end is them, and they're about to have band, or they're having band practice, or they're about to have band practice, and they're all talking, and the last line is something to the effect of, like, 
they're having this very philosophical, almost stoner-esque conversation about the meaning of life, and then the, one of the very last lines is, what were we talking about again? And then it, right. it has a couple beats, and then it cuts to cuts to the right. directed by or created by these people, and I thought that was... Really yeah, clever. and I was talking about how much uh, like the ending or being with those characters in person affected me, I don't think. I might in woods, it's miles ahead of that. Uh, it gave me the same impression in 10 hours, which means like you don't need the 80 hour to make you feel for those characters. I felt... I know not part of that group, but like I li- I like those characters so much that I felt bad finishing my story with them. Like I wanted to stay with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot. And yet, like it's this. I don't even think the game is uh, cynical or cyclical, but it's just honest. Like it doesn't. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It isn't to say that like these characters are are like without meaning or without purpose. They're just very legitimate people right they're 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 ever everyone's met people exactly like them right and they as character can be cynical but the game itself is not no yeah. in an annoying way like the characters can be annoying for certain people i guess but still the whole tone of the game doesn't uh, it's a game duplicate. about misery loving company right right but yet it's still optimistic it's right ah it's fucking so Were you more? Uh, did you go more with uh, Bea or, or Bay or uh, Greg? Bay would have been okay. Would have been our best friend. We so we had a weird issue where we lost our save file. Yeah. The ending I watched clearly had Greg as the best friend, but Bay right. was. I, I I'm actually surprised that everybody on the internet loves Greg because uh, Greg's cool, whatever. I mean, but I, that that wave. <laughs> Otherwise, like Bay was. Yeah, I was I, I was feeling Bay a lot, and I was very uh, vindicated by the creator of the game being asked that question online, and he said, "Yeah, I probably feel like I like all my character, but Bay is the one that I remind me the most of myself, I guess." Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that. Um yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I felt almost like the game was pushing us towards Bay, but I guess not, since most people... No, everybody loves Greg. Yeah. He rules, okay, so whatever. Um, I, I think also that game managed to have a fan base without being pandering in any way to those kind of people. Uh, like, it didn't try to have a fan base, and, like, you have those memes basically the Greg Rules meme or that stuff but like it never feels like it's trying to create that effect it just came from the game being so good and people enjoying so much that means were created around it it wasn't trying to pander to those kind of person so uh how do you feel so what do you what are your, your, your issues with it I don't think I have any uh, really. I have more issues with Breath of the Wild than I have Night in the Woods. I think Night in the Woods is pretty close to what would be my perfect game. Uh, that being said, like it's scope-wise, I think Legend of Zelda is more important. Basically, uh, the only problem I might have about Night in the Woods is if you play a lot of it in one go, it get the beginning of every day gets very repetitive. Like it gets a lot. There's a lot of repetition made into the game. I think that's great because it's important of the story it's trying to tell. That being said, like having to wake up every morning and do the exact same thing, going to Bay, to Bay or Greg, kind of get tiring after a little while. How do you feel about the about the cult stuff? It's it's what I was complaining about the end of the story. I like least. I like it. I see what they were going for. I just think having this big to do monster in a way to explain 
why may goes bad like works in uh, it works as a metaphor it works in the context of the game but like it just felt a little more weird than the rest of the game to me i i think i have less issue with that than i do with her i feel like her backstory where she sort of where she attacks the guy with the back right right is like maybe that's the moment where i go like really like i don't i mean i i understand why they felt compelled to do that but i didn't I felt like I understood her character without her having like real motivation. Like I felt like if she, well, it, like, she didn't need that much of a backstory. Yeah, she she didn't yeah. need that much to get the point across. Um, I, I, yeah, when I when I first saw that cult thing, I was very resistant to it, and then sort of thought about it some more. And I I think I that's a, I don't think it's bad at all. Like when I think about it, I think it's actually pretty good. I think it's also probably was a hard game to finish. I mean, like, it's a hard game to lend the, the ending. I don't think it's... I don't think the ending is the cleanest part of the game, I would say. But I still like it. And I like the conversation you have with your dad, where it's very yeah. obvious that he was, would have been one of those people, and is clearly... You're sort of, like, talking past each other right. a little bit. And it's... I really like that fucking stupid TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's My. so good. <laughs> Might be one of my favorite thing about that fucking game. This stupid talk show with very bad joke that you watch every evening, I guess. Um, and yep. I like that game a lot. Goodness, I like that game so much. It's a bummer about your save. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, anyway, whatever. For people on the radio, we lost our save by no fault of the developers. Right. But Steam, basically Steam fucked up. And yeah. Steam overwrote my save with with a zero save because I had no internet and uh, anyway ridiculous yep I think I'm gonna buy it again on Xbox just because just to be like hey here's some more money sure that's true it came out on Xbox for something right yeah right hmm I, could I might re- play that again yeah. yeah I might replay that game I, like I played it when it came out at the beginning of the year so it's been a while um Thinking about it, looking at my top, I was maybe I'm gonna replay that game like as a story game that normally you don't replay that much. I think even as long as it is, it might be worth going through again. I think, um, unlike most years, uh, I think I will replay every game on my top five. It will get replayed at some point. Okay. Which is uh, just unusual for me because I don't usually replay stuff. Period. But this Trying is the where I can. I, I mean, I already played Zelda twice, so. Exactly. Zelda is a 100-hour game, and I will. there's a 100% chance I will replay that game, because every time I touch it, I am gleeful. Right. I mean, it's hard to talk about because of how much it does, in a way. Yeah, like, what is there to say that hasn't already been said? About Zelda. The, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the new high-water mark in video games, and like whether it or not it is your favorite game, it is it's probably the best game that you can buy. It is, it is, the, it is the neutral best game. Yeah, if there can be such a thing. But, like, it, it, you cannot undermine how much it does for video game as a medium. As Like, it changed, not only changed Zelda games in a pretty big way, and I feel a lot of the criticism against that game are by Zelda fans that don't want to see change. Yeah, I, I think like, that's absolutely, that's the only people I ever hear complain about it is, oh, I don't like the dungeons. And it changed open world game in a way that made every other fucking open world game this year boring. Yeah. yeah. Like, it it's cool. came out with a good story and was just like yeah. immediately dated and bad. Yeah. Like five days later, it was no longer a good game. Whoops. Because like Zelda changed everything, and I 
can't see myself going back. Mm-hmm. Like to old open world and old, even old mm-hmm. Zelda, which I love pretty fucking much. Like even, I think Zelda has some issues that are all around it in a way. Like the inventory management's not that great and there's a lot of it, but like it's all unlike other game that I have problem with. It's all around the edges and not like the main design, the main exploration of Zelda is so fucking sound. I cannot like... So I, I've spent the better part of the past nine months trying to think about how to articulate how fantastic Zelda is, and I never succeeded at coming up with it. But I keep coming back to that dragon moment like over and over and over again and just thinking about specifically the first episode of Pokemon and how uh-huh. Ash, Ketchum, Ash Ketchum falls and he sees a Ho-Oh in the sky. And the, uh-huh. and the Ho-Oh is not a Pokemon in that first 150. In fact, it only shows up in Gold and Silver. And that's silly, and that's nothing, and that's nerdy and whatever. Um, but that is a moment that a video game has never captured before for me. This idea of there being something so mysterious you wouldn't find out about it for a year. Right. Uh, and there it is in Zelda. Like, you see a dragon, and you're just like, I don't what the fuck? know what to make of this. But the music changes, and it's beautiful, and mm. you just google it for a moment yeah and even like that's it like where the game has flaw is even if the rewards of the dragon themselves are not that interesting at the end of the day it's just that it managed to evoke that feeling yeah like no other game can like i, I agree with a lot of people like the rewards of just doing all the fucking shrine are not really worth it but like you and some of the shrine are not that interesting but you want to do them because of traveling there itself is fun and that's the main gameplay of zelda and that's the thing that has no fucking issues it um yeah i mean you said it. I mean, I, I think that that game does stuff that, like... Remember you and I talking about Bloodborne and how we appreciate that Bloodborne has more narrative and you'll just kind of, like, stumble into more narrative in that game compared to what Dark Souls... I feel like this game constantly has moments where you you stumble into scripted events that inform the story without giving you a story and right. stuff like when you find the, the dragon that's been poisoned. Right. You just sort of walk into this scripted moment. And it's incredible. And you have to, like, we have to talk about how good the level design is. You feel like you stumble into those moments, but, like, actually, the level design is very good at following you toward places. But, like, it never feels like it does. Like, it's why that map doesn't need a thousand marker, because, like, the level design is so good. And I I cannot see any other game that I can think of the level design as such a big thing. It's perfect. Like Skyrim is a cool fucking world, but like it's not designed. The whole world is not designed. Like they put some mountain there and then went procedural generation for the I mean, I, for I, the trees it's and like it's like the closest second and it's a month yeah, off. Yeah, know? that's it. Whereas like it feels handcrafted on a scale that no other game can even think to achieve. I mean, it, I it's hand built the way like the way a Studio Ghibli movie is. Like it's right. just every single little detail is hand built. It's incredible. Every little dumb enemy encampment that doesn't affect anything. Right. Been, they the, thought about, oh, what if a tree rolled down here? Or what if you bomb it from this angle? Or what if you take a bow in and hit that and then that explodes and you get yeah. rides? That you don't even need to engage with at the end of the day. But like, Yeah, it's incredible. So I turned that game back on just the other day. I didn't even start the DLC. I thought I would. But I just trotted around on my horse and thought... I, I couldn't stop smiling and giggling and laughing and just walking around on my horse and just... I, I think it's the most beautiful game ever made on top of being one of the most ambitious games ever made. I just think through and through it's it's a staggering achievement. Breath of the Wild. Yep. Uh, it, it's 
It's surprising to me. I was thinking I was a jaded adult and like my top 10 game ever would always be my teenage game in a way. And no, it's just that game weren't that good before, I guess. I, I don't. I, I can just gush about it. It's crazy. Like I played 100 hours of that game in a year, which I never do. And I still think I'm going to replay that game eventually, probably next year. Like, I'm not going to wait long before I put that game back in my fucking Switch and play it again. I, and I also will say that um, just to be a little bit nostalgic and fun and behind the veil, uh, and it's too bad that Andrew isn't here to hear this, but, like, that day where we bought our Switches and you and Andrew and Anna and I all sat there and played Switch games, like, right. that was an amazing birthday. <laughs> yeah, that was... Like, I think back on that day very fondly. Yeah, and I remember the jo- the joke we did. Which one? I mean, uh, because it was the first voice over Zelda. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, "Oh, it would be very funny if you heard the voiceover and the name sound all different that you remember." <laughs> like it's not Link, it's Long and Genin <laughs> and stuff like that. And yeah. for the rest of the day, we were always saying, "Oh, Long, it's time to I don't know save the fucking princess." Yep. Uh, yeah, I immediately. Good. It's hard. Yeah, I feel like a kid talking about the Legend of Zelda, uh, and also like like I said that I thought Night in the Woods might be the best written game ever, and like Breath of the Wild obviously improved scope. And it's funny to think that 2011 was the year that Portal and Skyrim both came out, and I thought those were both high watermarks for the industry. And now I almost immediately go like, oh, they've been usurped. 2017. Yeah, I don't have your love for Portal though, but still. Sure. I can agree. I agree with you that like Skyrim is the next big thing for open world as Zelda, and they don't even compare. And like Skyrim would have been my number one that year. Like the proof is in the pudding, right? That Skyrim and Breath of the Wild both attract all kinds of players. Like it yeah. doesn't. There's there's people who haven't played a video game in five years that are playing Breath of the Wild and adoring it. It's it's they're not even hard to find. Like people love that game, and I think that's great. That's the best game of the year. No question. Yep. Yep. Um, should we go through our list and then repeat that up, or should we repeat that up and then go through our list just to see? Uh, okay, let's let's repeat this list and then go through our top. Okay. So, uh, between us, number 10, Tacoma. Number 9, Nidhogg 2. Number 8, Persona 5. Number 7, Cuphead. Number six, Hollow Knight? <laughs> Number five, Everything. Number four, Resident Evil 7. Number three, Super Mario Odyssey. Number two, Night in the Woods. Number one, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You're gonna look at me with weird eyes pretty soon. Uh, um, which one of us should go first? Should we, uh, okay. Should we each go through our list or should we each a top ten, nine, and whatever. Uh, ooh, I like. I kind of like that one. Okay. Okay. What's your number ten? Yakuza Zero. Really? So, okay, I didn't finish that game, so it's kind of weird. But man, like the twenty-five hours I played of that fucking game, it's probably. I never. I really love that much as a, a game, and had m- that much fun poking around. It's just doing the main story was kind of boring, but man, like I will remember, like there's there's a side quest where you need to uh, undo a panty ring of a little girls selling their panties to old men, and it's like very funny and very weird and strange way, uh, like the the. 
I showed you the dancing, how much it's funny, but it also plays into a side quest. The trophy you get for watching porn is just like one of the best meta joke I've seen in a game. I told you about that one or not. It's very smart. And the, the, the real story is actually very good. Like, I don't want to downplay it. It's just the main gameplay of it is not bad. It's just something you push through uh, the same way you would do a near, I guess. But, like, it's a much more interesting, funnier, even meta game than most games are. I do think really fondly of that game. I do want to go back to it and play it more when I'm going to be ready to do more fighting with it. I was not expecting that to be there. Uh, okay. I feel bad for cutting it so early now. <laughs> I mean, I told you, I, and it's a number 10 I wasn't going to go to bat for, because whatever. Uh, my number 10 was Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Okay. Which, uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's much more to say about it. That's a Yeah, we talked about it. It's an important game. It's, it's important, sad. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. So my number 11 would have been Dream Daddy. And okay. Dream Daddy and Wolfenstein were sort of these games that I... They're very 2017 games in that okay. they, they made me very happy. or very They're very cathartic in completely different ways. Okay. I thought I thought Dream Daddy was like on your list, so I was dancing around it for a little while. I, I knew that was what was happening. I, Dream Daddy came so close. I, I still feel like Dream Daddy is a game I would recommend unabashedly. Yeah, for sure. It's weird to not have it on my list. It's been a pretty good year when you think about it, and I'm looking at my top ten, and I'm like, oh, those four last games I don't care that much about, but it's because I care so much about the top six. Basically. In a, in a way that, like, I remember a year, I still think it's a good game, but I had Dragon Age Inquisition at number three. I do think... In 2014, no, you were out of your mind. No, but I know, but, like, I still think Dragon Age Inquisition is a pretty great game, but, like, it wouldn't be Yakuza 0 this year. It's just been so fucking good. Dragon Age had no business being near a top 10 ever. <laughs> you guys are just crazy. I don't like that game a lot. Dragon Age above like PT and South Park Stick of Truth. And... Yeah. I don't know. E- even those games, like I wouldn't care that much. Yeah, all right. Um, my number nine is doing the original scene too. Okay. Now I guess I know what you... What I put yeah, attacking you what I meant. Uh, and I played 30 hours of it, and I have issues with how the combat work. Uh, it's a game, it, it, like, it has XCOM combat, but, like, it's easy to break, and the game is so hard that it kind of asks you to break it. And what I mean by that is because it's an RPG open world, before the XCOM combat starts, you can start fire around and do stuff. But it made the combat itself a lot more boring to me because, like, it wasn't worth it to strategize during the combat. It was just about breaking it before the combat even started. So I got kind of annoyed at the combat. That being said, it's it's cool. It's very funny. And uh, it doesn't hold your hand. And it's just, it's going to go with you wherever you want to fucking go with this game. I just think it's super cool. And also, as a game I played through, yeah, where I'm... I'm probably going to go back to it and try to finish it. That sounds good. I, and I will play that game when it comes to consoles. I will eventually pick that up and play it. I just... But, but it asks a lot. Like It asks a lot of you. And I didn't have time this year. And anyway. Uh, my number nine was Nidhogg 2. I never expected this game to be on my list, like, the way it is. But I loved it so much. And every time I would go back to it, I'd be like, do I really like Nidhogg? And then I'd turn it on and be like, Yeah! Yeah, Hog is so good. <laughs> it might have been on mine if, like, I only play with you basically. Yeah, like I mean, you're you're the only Nidhogg player I know. 
that I see often enough. So like it might have been on mine if I had played more than an hour and a half of it. I, I think it would. I mean, I, there's yeah. so much to like about that game. My number eight was uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, and it's pretty much because of a few moments. Because as a whole, I don't think the game works all the time. It's but that fish head chopping moment, and then the comic book, the comic book horror scene. Yeah, I like the flying around a lot too. I like the the, the kite one a lot too. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it is like I said, it's exactly the game I wanted them to make next. Right. It just yeah. Yeah. What was your number eight? Uh, Gorgoa. Gorgoa is very good. I know you didn't like it. I. I. I'm disappointed that I didn't like it. I would love to like it as much as everybody seems to, but no. But there it is. That's our two. Uh, those are two games by Anna Brina. Right. And I mean, I'm so excited for Watum, and they have another one coming out. They have a few things, and I sort of feel like they've yeah, they have, they have a few things. And like you know, you know my love of Kentucky Road Zero, and them yeah. picking up Kentucky Road Zero for console is like was the thing for I'm me. Gonna rebuy Kentucky Road Zero when it comes to on console, console, yeah, for sure. For sure. And like you, you have. I'm gonna replay the, that whole thing when it's finished. But I've been playing the episode, and you haven't. And they're yeah. like, I'm excited for you to play them because they're fucking good. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, my number seven is Tacoma. I turned that one a little bit around because I kind of felt bad having two walking sim back to back. But at the end of the day, it's not better than a number seven. I, I think that game can be a little bit disappointing if you look on it. I, I mean, I, By the creator of Gono. I wanted Tacoma on my list. And I spent a lot of time right. going like, Buck, I want Tacoma, I want Dream Daddy, I want them, but they just, the passion's not there for me. Right. Like, I, I love the way Tacoma is constructed so much. I love their design choices, but they... It, it's not perfect, but still, if it weren't from the Gono people, I would still love it a lot. Like, it, I think it plays against it that Gono was so great, and that is a little bit lesser... I still think it's one of the better one of those walking simulator things. I also did you ever end up playing Event Zero? Uh, no, I, I feel I, like I have a little bit of like dissonance between those two. Like I feel like they're a little bit meshed in my head. And I think Event Zero is the one that hit me hard. Okay, but, uh, I should really play it. I have it installed. Yeah, it, it's good. You should play. It. And it's a two hours. Like I, I should totally do that. Uh, my number seven was Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Really? I really like it. I, I'm really surprised you like it that much because for me it was maybe like it over around the list, but like it never was more than a ten for me because it's fine. I, I you know, it's it's like I said. I I just think it's it has its cake and it eats it too. Like I just I think it's. Yeah, I, I can see that argument. Yeah, I just think it works. I think it's very impressive how well it works. It's a great game. I just it, I didn't. I, I, I knew you didn't like it. Yeah, or didn't, I liked it, but you know, yeah, that much. No, yeah. Uh, my number six is everything. My number six is everything. <laughs> yay! Uh, we, we gushed about that game for a little while, but man, that thing's so cool. It's so great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> Such a dumb thing. I, uh, I also, hold on, let, like, to gush about it a little more, I don't know, I don't know how to talk about it being super pretentious, but I, I do think it nails the stuff that Flo and Proteus and all those games like it try to do 
it just it gets it it has this like art project feel without yeah for sure being like annoying or obnoxious and... but but like that's it it's pretentious with a wink so it's fine yeah like it gets away with it in a way even i i cannot get away from that fucking game now that we it's supposed to be out of the question but like near doesn't do that like everything as all the philosophy bullshit but like it's funny enough and it's fun enough with it yeah. that it works and like it means that David already said it, that he believes everything that is in the, the, the narration of that game and like it, it I don't know like it makes me think about thing but like it's fun enough with itself that like it doesn't feel like you're being in the class being taught stuff agreed totally agreed Great. right my number five is Persona 5 Holy shit, that's right. You have Persona... Wow, Persona 5 is on both of these. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, I think Persona 5 has a lot of issues, but the high of that game are very fucking high for me. And uh, I still think fondly of it. Like, maybe it's easier to, like, not think about the issues and just think about the great stuff after the fact. But, um, yeah. Okay. I feel for those characters quite a bit. Um, it's just so fucking cool look-wise yeah. anyway uh my number five is cuphead okay i i like cuphead a ton and like i've said i i think it's hard to make arguments for it that are not the obvious ones but even as i don't like it that much is the coolest looking thing in a while and a lot of my friends that are not playing video game saw that game and were crazy about it and and i it's a hard game and i usually bounce off of hard games right i played it all the way through and i was excited to play it it was you know this year was very hard for me to find time for video games and a lot of them i had to sort of like force feed myself at no point that i feel like i was doing that with cuphead i i right. was actively waking up and be like i can't wait to play cuphead like here we go let's do more i really liked it my number four is all night okay I was starting to worry that Hollow Knight was your number three, so... Okay, no. Um, I mean, I, I, I talked about that game. I do think you're right about those issues, but, like, it's... Like, if I, I... I would put it just beside the Dark Souls game as much as I love it. Like, it's not as good as Dark Souls 1, maybe... But, like, I still would put it very high in a Dark souls top game if it were Dark Souls 1. Yeah, stop... Stop it. <laughs> Like, it's not even the worst Dark Souls. Like, whatever. I, I like that game. It's totally the worst Dark Souls. What are you talking no, about? No, <laughs> no. I like that game quite a bit. And there's just... There's a moment in that game that I'm gonna... That, uh, yeah. There, there's a moment that I'm gonna remember a lot that I... I don't regret. Uh, my number four is Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. And I assume that's your number three. <laughs> that's my number three. I assume Resident Evil 7 is gonna be your number three. Yeah, I... Resident Evil 7, uh, I'm trying to think... I, anyway, I bought a season pass for Resident Evil 7. I finished it, and then I bought the season pass. I, yeah. Just, like, I never do that. Which is not even supposed to be that good, but whatever. Yeah, you like the I was just kind of like, yep, give me more. I yep. love you. Like, here's a tip. Like, take it. Take it all. You know, I, I That game is fantastic. Man, they saved that fucking franchise. I really well, hope that 8 sticks in this vein, because... Yeah, well, at the end of the day... So darn good. The disappointing thing is that it didn't sell that great. I mean, I think it sold well, as well as a, as well as a third-party, you know, single-player IP can, right? Like it sold three or five, three or four million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think the thing is, it sold less than six did. Okay. Yeah, but there's less installed. Like six came out right at the end of the three six. Yeah, maybe. Era, so. 
And well, we'll see. I hope. I hope because personally, I, I would like. There's a reason why our game don't get made, and it's because of people like me that don't buy them because they're too scared to actually play them. But like, I, I want those games to still exist, and I think uh, there's very cool indie horror game that exists. But like them being on the scale of a Silent Hill would have been or Resident Evil 7 is is also important. It's cool that there's AAA horror game that exists right now. And like it's disappointing that they're always a failure. Like PD became one and like Alien Isolation is just this one time thing that's never gonna get made again. So it's super cool that it's still get made again and in a franchise that it's tired by now and yeah, I respect that game a whole lot even if I can't finish it. Yeah, it's and that VR, <laughs> a whole VR mode. I can't, I, I can't even imagine. They ever tell you? I told you about the, what the DLC was, right? Right. The first yeah. DLC is really good. No shooting. No shooting. No shooting. Make for a great game. Yeah. Surprisingly. Start. Stop putting shooting in your games, everybody. <laughs> uh yeah. The rest of the list, uh, I think, for me, is Odyssey, Night in the Woods, and Zelda. Yeah, Night in the Woods number yeah. two, Zelda number one. I really waffled a lot. Like Night in the Woods speaks to me. Like, they're supposed to be, like, 18 or 19, and it's funny, because, like, I, I look at that game, and I I feel incredibly privileged, and yet, like, totally simpatico with it. Right. It's, I feel privileged that for the past five years, we've been able to make Game of the Year podcasts, and, like, I don't know, the Night and Woods people are supposed to be a little bit younger, and they're kind of getting their lives together, and yeah. uh, it, it resonates in such an incredible way, and... Yeah, I mean, I probably had an easier teenage years than then when I look at it, but still it can resonate with me it, I, just because of all good news. So it speaks to millennials in such a crazy way. Like, it just kind of zeroes in on that that weird... Like, there's a moment in that game where where he's talking about some high school... Or she, sorry, May is talking about some high school moment and says, oh, that might have been the best night of my life. And you can feel her sort of like aching with nostalgia for yeah, it's like as if her life is already over somehow and yeah, it's right. absolutely not but that's the feeling you have when like you're out of high school and then you yeah. need to find a fucking life it, uh, it's, it's, what a tremendous game my breath of the wild almost sort of speaks for itself <laughs> the wild you turn on and very few people who turn that game on and don't get swept up in it yeah i mean what the fuck <laughs> i can't like as i said like breath of the wild I never thought I could say that, like, one of my top three games is a recent one, or I don't know. Like, I wouldn't know why I didn't do a top of my top five game ever, but, like, I could see Breath of the Wild fighting for a number one stop or, uh, spot or whatever. Like, I never thought, like, I th- like the Night in the Wood people, I thought my life was, my video game life was done after 18, and my favorite game were all when I was 18 and under, and, like, Having Breath of the Wild like blow much of my favorite game out of the water is just amazing. Like it's a new classic and it's just it's very recent, but like you know it's gonna stay there. I, and I think that sort of also speaks to like I think Odyssey and Breath of the Wild both. It's very easy to look at them and see why people will talk about them in ten years. Why there will be people who will be like, oh yeah, that was my first Mario or that was my first Zelda. And right. It's my favorite one ever, and they'll never top it. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, and, and Breath of the Wild like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, never mind. Speaking I kind of want to play it again now. The music is so good, too. Like, they've just... I'm very sparse, very, like, well-used. But every time you hear it, like, that just the sound of, um, like, when you hear a dragon, for instance, and it just kind of sounds like that ringing bell back and forth, right. and... 
It's so classy. I <laughs> roll video games. It's very classy. Yeah. I think that's it. Video games. Video game. 2017. Been a great year for video game. It's been a shitty year for all the rest. Everything else has been bad. <laughs> Everything else has been bad. Video uh, games. Video games have been great, and uh, I think it was pretty much needed this year. Yep. I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I think that's a conclusion. Maybe that's a weird one, but like we're gonna end up on this probably. All right. Thank you, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank I, you. I hope you. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see. Maybe in a year there's gonna be another podcast. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>